Drunk Valorant, episode number 49. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I really ought to come up with a funny thing about the number before, like, 20 seconds before I figure out what that number is. But, like, I've been slipping. I don't know anything about the number 49. Hey, Cass, there, there's nothing slipping about the fact that this is the second week in a row you just nailed the number. No hesitation. Didn't ask either of us beforehand. Just spat it out there. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, he, he goes. Convenient, yeah. <laughs> there's this convenient thing in the Trump Power Discord called New Episodes, and I go see what the last number was. Yeah, but, you know, you just discovered that recently. Like, you didn't yeah, used to use that, that. So. That's just called using your resources. That's fair. But it's still Cass, you know, making improvement of using the very easily accessible resources at his disposal versus yeah, not. That's, so. that's exactly what I was trying to say. I mean, yeah. I will yeah. say that uh, last week you also nailed it, but you also didn't include any filler words before you said, like, welcome to. Um, mm. This week you were a little bit slacking and you used two filler words that Hunter will not have to cut out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're always really well, close, too. The, so I have to be very precise. You, you You're said, like, and okay, welcome. To- yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, okay, gonna be honest, I don't really listen to our podcast because, like, I know what, well, unless I black out, I know what we talk about, and I don't think I've blacked out on the pod, so. Probably close, Yeah, though. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but at any rate, yeah, do you really need to cut out the all right or the and welcome? Like, consistency, is that super necessary? Man. Yeah, our fans yeah. expect yeah, consistency I mean, it, from it... us, consistency <laughs> in um, in the recording, in oh, the yeah. quality, in the topics. Like the content discussed, and definitely on uh, how, uh, like when we upload the podcast. That's the most important thing to be consistent on. Uh, we can never miss, you know, seven p.m. on Monday nights Pacific no, time. No, never, never. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, it was really funny actually. Um, Doobie just hit me up today. He's like, "Yo, where the fuck's your guys' last podcast? I don't see it online." Um, I don't know. He said he refreshed the page, and then it came up. But he, he was he was pretty pissed that our podcast wasn't out. <laughs> like, come on, man! It was up twenty-four hours ago. Definitely on time. Ow, fuck! That's my phone. All right, we're chilling. Oh, you dropped um, your phone. I thought your phone was ringing. No, no, no. I was I like, fucking to decline it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll be right back. We just hold, hold for me. Uh, Hunter, since you got the beer in hand, I see you drinking it. You want to kick us off? Yeah. So, you know what? You know what I say. The best beer is free beer, and this one was a free beer. The uh, Raging Bitch IPA by Flying Dog. Uh, This one, my dad went to a conference and got two of them as a gift from, like, the retreat center that he was at, which is it's a little weird that they just give just, like, two beers as a gift. But it's even weirder still that they gave two expired beers. (laughs) Oh, no wonder they were a gift. (laughs) Yeah, July 21st, and it was... Uh, end of August that he, he got this. Not a huge fan of this one. I it doesn't actually say anything about like what's in it on the can on the bottle, so I had to look it up. It is an anything an anything but delicate blend of the sharp hoppiness of an American IPA and the fruity funkiness of Belgian yeast, which creates an incredibly aromatic beer bursting with flavorful notes of crisp grapefruit, woodsy pine, and exotic mango. You... I. I taste the pine. I don't really taste the grapefruit in the mango. Have you had the non-expired version of the Raging Bitch? Uh, I feel like maybe once I did. I'm not sure. Do you like it, Cass? Um, it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, like my my dad will often have a couple kicking around his beer fridge. Um, 
Like, they're solid. It's very much a punch-you-in-the-face kind of IPA. Yeah, it is. However, I feel like the Belgian quality of it is not something I typically like, besides okay. certain Belgians, such as the Leffa. We learned in the Discord Leffa is the correct pronunciation, which I also have. Well, we, we learned that it, even that's not the correct one, but they were like, it's yeah, you can't enough, really say enough. it. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Right, right. But anyway... It, I, I guess with the beers that punch me in the mouth, I like them to also have some nice, like, strong flavor. And this one feels kind of muddy, the flavor profile, besides the hoppiness. Uh, interesting, because I'd think that a raging bitch would punch you in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, Hunter, you should definitely try a, a non-expired one. Um, I like, should. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's very up my dad's alley in terms of he loves Belgian ales and he loves IPAs. I see, um, I see. So that combination is is, like... Very much up his alley, but I mean, he admittedly doesn't love it either. I see. I see. He's like, yeah, it's, I'm it's noticing. A good beer. Yeah. He likes having it around, but it's not like, yeah, he's not like, oh my god, this is fucking incredible. Right, right. I was gonna say that I was looking also. The hops are Warrior and Columbus, neither of which I've ever heard of, and that might be might be just be not my favorite hops. I think Columbus hops like, are pretty pretty common, but I haven't heard of Warrior before either. Got it. Yeah. Either way, kind of average beer. Not great, but it's free. It's all right. <laughs> Have a leffa to go with it. Yeah. Man, I feel bad because uh, I also got a free beer today, but it's not the one I'm drinking right now. Had I known you were going to pull out the free beer, I might have also gone for the free beer. Um. But yeah. Uh. So actually, I got a, I got a quite a few beers I was really stoked about today, but I picked this one because I don't know if we've talked about this brewery on the podcast before. Um. It's Copper Brewing. It's uh, brewed in Kelowna, BC. So another, you know, another British Columbia beer. Um, it's funny is that a dog under... on the can? Yes, yes, that is a Aww. dog on the can. Um, Cute. But yeah, so it's got a, un, under Copper Brewing, it just says genuinely good beer. Which I think is, is like, it's a funny slogan for their brewery. That's uh, confident. It's a, it's a blueberry milkshake IPA. It's mm. on a limited release, um, and yeah, I'm I'm liking it. It's uh, it's really good, and it's got like okay. So if you read the description, it says it's bold and juicy with a creamy sweetness from blueberries, vanilla, and lactose, and then mosaic hops to bring a balance a balancing finish to this IPA. And I feel like they really got the flavor ratios right. It's not like I'm drinking this and just, like, one of them is just, like, way overpowering. Um, like, I could perhaps use, like, a hint more blueberry flavor in here. I see. But, like, I see. just a little bit. I wouldn't want them to add too much. Um, I, I really think they did a good job, like, mixing the, the flavor ratios. Like, definitely liking this beer a lot. It is unfortunate that it's a limited release. Nice. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Uh, I'm hoping better than uh, the pumpkin pie milkshake ipa i had last week oh yeah i actually, really wanted to try that yeah no, Ch chase brought one of them over the other day for our uh thanksgiving dinner holy fuck they were horrible really like jesus christ it was disgusting i, th I thought it was just because chase doesn't like milkshake beers all that much well the thing is it actually grew on me because i had a four pack of them i, I was forced I see. to drink them but it did not grow on cast <laughs> no well well i only had, had like one sip. Sip. um but the first time, Ooh. like, when I had it on the podcast, I think maybe they were just a little bit too uh, too warm. Like, I, I put them in the freezer when I got home, but it had only been, like, 20 minutes since until we I started see, the pod. 
So like, I, I think that it was uh, better after it had been in the fridge for a couple of days and like was the proper temperature. Or maybe I just got used to it and was like, yeah, it's it's bearable. It's it was still not my favorite. Like I still didn't like it, but it was it was more drinkable than the first one that I had. Yeah, I wouldn't I say it's I the worst beer I ever tasted. Oh, that, that would belongs be ours. to. No, no, actually, that belongs to a smoked sausage IPA. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus Yuck. Christ! It was horrible. Um, it had a yeah. really cool looking can, and I didn't read what kind of beer it was. So I was like, "Ooh, that's a cool can," and it's in the IPA section. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> did did then, you see there was smoked sausage before you took your first sip? Uh, I I think I did see it before I took my first sip, but like I just tossed like a couple beers in my pack. Um, yeah. and then we went up to Whistler to go ski. And so we just like, we ran it, we just like dipped off into the woods, um, pulled some beers out of my pack and we're sitting around, uh, just drinking the beers. And we, we cracked this one and like the smell hit you immediately. Oh my God. You were just like, Oh God, this is going to be bad. Um, <laughs> and it was <laughs> like, I, wow. I don't feel like between three of us that were there we drank maybe half of this tall boy and we're just like, we cannot stomach the rest of this. It's horrendous. Yeah. I um, guess you need a true smoked sausage aficionado to really enjoy that. I, I don't know who would decide to make a meat beer. That sounds really bad. Well, you're yeah. also vegetarian. So like, yeah, of course that would sound horrible to you, but it also sounds pretty bad to me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So for what I'm actually drinking tonight, um, I've got another Superflux, but this one is a Superflux and Gigantic. I don't know. Did we say Gigantic was like a... Are they another brewery or are they like an art collective? They design the labels or something? Uh, can I see the can? Yeah. No. Yeah. They must be another brewery. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know. You think say... that art is not up to snuff? <laughs> You're like, no, no way. No, no, no. I know what he's talking about with like the arts collective because they're... No, no, not like I'm... I know there's an actual beer like collaboration with the Arts Collective, but mm. but this this one might be an artist. It might be another brewery. I'm not really sure who it's. A yeah, okay. With. It says it says uh, I looked it up. Collaboration with Gigantic Brewing Company. Okay, so there we go. Yeah, because I know that um I'm pretty confident that the owner of Superflux designs all the labels himself for their cans. Because if you remember when we went over there when they sponsored us for a trip, mm -hmm. um, in fact we we talked to the owner of the brewery. And, um, and then oddly enough, maybe about six to eight months after that, the owner came as a guest to the golf course that I worked at. And so I talked to him for a bit there too. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure the owner designs all the labels for their cans. Yeah. So the, the name of this beer is pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, if we were to have a conversation about like what this beer is, you'd be like, yeah, is that an IPA? And I would say pretty much. Yeah. Um, that I think that's wow, a... I, that came out of left field. I really didn't see that punchline coming. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that it... was creative. Thank you. I I worked really hard on that, and uh, I I've been planning it for the last week while we've been uh, while these have been sitting in my fridge. <laughs> yeah, you must have been sitting on that for a while, yeah, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. It's like it's very refreshing. It's not a a punchy in the face kind of IPA, but it still has like really good hop flavor. So it it's pretty uh pretty crushable IPA. It's got galaxy hops I saw online. Yeah, um, I, I tend to like those. It doesn't even I say think... what hops are on the can, so I guess you know more information than I do. But 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Galaxy Hops is considered like the big daddy of hops. Yeah, it does have it does have a galaxy flavor that's pretty strong, and I, I do yeah, like I, galaxy. So that yeah, might that remember, might be like yeah. why I've enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember a beer that I've had that's like, oh yeah, this was galaxy. But I'm sure I sure I'm sure that I have had one. It might just be because the name is so cool that I think there I have this positive word association with them. I don't know. <laughs> galaxy ops coming to a universe near you. Yeah, yeah, delicious just, beer. I'm curious. Is this the first podcast in which we've all brought an IPA to the table? No, there has to have been. No way. Okay. No way. Okay. No, hear me out. I feel like it's probably happened before, but I also feel like there's oftentimes one of the three of us shows up with a sour. Yeah. Someone shows up with a sour or is drinking drinking Coors. Or yeah. a cooler. Yeah. True, this could true. be the first podcast. Uh you know, if Hunter had kept up with his uh with his subreddit, then uh <laughs> we would yeah. be able to go through all of the drink selections and uh and yeah. check that out, but I don't think so. Right. One of one of the things I've been meaning to do for for forever, and so actually since Chase, you know, called me out on this, I'll say it right now is I wanted to solicit some feedback from you all in the discord, what you would, what you think would be enjoyable for us to do as a subreddit, because I was just kind of posting each episode for like discussion. But the thing is people were kind of just discussing the episodes in the discord anyway, as much as there was discussion on them. So there wasn't really getting a lot of traction. So let, let us know in the discord, what you think would be a good use for the Reddit. Is it like for memes? Is it like for long form discussion? I don't know. Let me know. I'll, I'll make it happen. Yeah, as a non-redditor, I see a lot of overlap between Reddit and Discord. And so like yeah. whatever we need something for, we just make a new channel in the Discord and it has a lot more engagement than the Reddit ever has. Um well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, also the Reddit was kind of abandoned. So Yeah, I don't, I also uh, feel like I don't know how how well it would have done, but I got discouraged. I got unmotivated by the lack of engagement with it. Yeah, I know. I feel like Reddit is good when you or a subreddit is good when there's like thousands and thousands of people, because that just gets overwhelming in Discord. Um, but, yeah, and our audience is you know many thousands strong. Right, so. exactly. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I think the thing about a subreddit is that posting in a subreddit is a bit more formal, is a bit more high effort than like posting and you know sending a message in general chat in Discord. So there are plenty of people in the Discord who don't interact all that often uh, in the text chat, where if we had, like, memes from that people made about uh, related to Drunk Valorant somehow or, like, some discussion based on something we said in the podcast, that kind of more focused stuff someone might enjoy who doesn't really care to just chat with people in Discord. So, like, that's sort of the niche there, I feel like. Less, like, chatting, less social, and more, like, you know, content. Yeah, things also tend to get lost quite easily in the Discord, right? Like if someone yes, asks a question yes. or something like that, and then somebody else asks a question underneath it, like that previous question might never get an answer. Whereas on yeah. on Reddit, it's easier to see that like as two separate things, and people would be like, "Oh, right. there's this one that doesn't have any comments yet. Let me answer that or whatever." Yeah, if someone were to post on Reddit, "Why is Singularity Phantom the best Phantom and one of the best skins in the game?" You know, you'd always be able to see that post if you went to search for it, or even just look at it in the top posts of all time on the subreddit. <laughs> uh, versus in Discord, where that would likely just get buried. Yeah. 
There's no reaction out of cast whatsoever. I don't know if he was paying attention <laughs> at all to that. <laughs> Sorry, you... yeah, that like I was here, but that kind of went in one ear, one ear and out the other. Which is why well, you agree, because... right, Cass? You're, you're, sure, you, sure, you... I agree. Yeah, <laughs> very cool, very cool. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I'm so glad you finally come around to knowing that the singularity is good. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> That would be okay, you yeah. 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 Okay. So Valorant stuff. Um now well, okay, well the, the the first one I think this is gonna be fairly short, but you know, it is comp related, so let's just go in and get this over with. Uh Sentinels is pretty much confirmed. Well, I think it's not pretty much. I think they have confirmed that they signed tens. Um and what? so quite a few of the NA rosters or not even NA, but like the North America's rosters have been shaping up here uh, more so yeah. than, than other regions. Uh, so it seems like, do you just say not the NA, the North Americas, the Americas, okay. motherfucker. <laughs> I, um, I just want to bring in that clarification that we're yeah, talking about okay, the whole yeah, American the, league. Yeah. 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 We're talking about the whole America's league. So all 10 teams. Um, and okay. So if you guys don't know, uh, there's this dude who's been, posting on Twitter, and then that gets linked to the Valorant competitive subreddit, and he just keeps up an Excel sheet that has everybody who's been, like, you know, confirmed, probable, maybe, and then probably not. Uh, so you can kind of see, like, who's uh, who all's on each team by looking at this guy's Excel sheet. Um, okay, so we've got, at this point, it's basically Sentinels, 100 Thieves, Cloud9, NRG, uh, Furia, Loud, Crew, and uh, Leviathan that are, like, squared off. Oh, they're um, all locked in. Pretty well, much. not locked in, obviously. But yeah, yeah like not locked in, but, rosters. like, yeah. And then there's... So, basically, all we're left with is MIBR and EG for not super solidified in terms of rosters. Um, Cass, I'm not sure that the statement you said is remotely correct. What do you mean? the the post from The post from Reddit that I shared in the uh, Discord yesterday was that um, Crew has only even hinted at two players returning: Leviathan three, Loud three, and it seems like that might fall apart. And then, like you said, MBR, Furia, and EG have all are all you know up in the air. So I don't I don't think Crew Levi, or Leviathan or Loud are anywhere close to f- having their final five. All right, well you can, what people you, are can saying. you can go look at the 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 sheet that this guy put up, but like okay, I don't know. It seems like from the discussion people were having on the Valorant subreddit or the competitive subreddit, it seems like this dude pretty much knows what he's talking about. So, okay, okay, cool. I mean, well, I think it's, you know, it's it also different things. Again, Maybe important right. to note that it is the twelfth right now, and that is. Very, uh, you know, important because it is not the 15th yet, um, which is the deadline to have an initial roster. So by the time that this episode comes out, it's a soft deadline, but you have to have a roster and you have to be working Mm -hmm. on like, I think they all need to have like contracts or something like that or be working on contracts. Okay. By that deadline. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the interesting thing is um is like which which teams are going to have 
like they're gonna have players that are like on the roster, but as Chase uh was just saying that like yeah, it is it is pretty much a soft deadline. So you know, it's like kinda hard to say how fully locked in these rosters are. It seems like it seems like Hundred Thieves, Cloud Nine, Sentinels are fully locked in. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah, you can like, say they, that because they have rosters that seem like they would be like the final iteration yeah. of. Oh, and then NR energy also seems pretty locked in. Yeah. Um. Now I don't think artists has officially signed to NRG yet, but it's looking pretty likely. Um. And I guess if they don't. I mean, fortunately, if they don't sign artists, getting a chamber slash jet is probably one of the easiest roles to fill in NA. Yeah, I guess, but like, artists is probably a top ten jet worldwide, which that's I probably mean, he's more of a chamber than a jet. But sorry, not jet. I meant opera slash chamber. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Uh, so I don't know that you could easily replace him with a player of his same caliber. No, not necessarily the same caliber, but like, say he say he decides not to sign with NRG. Penny. It seems like that's one of <laughs> Penny coming in. No, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> seems oh, like he man. would be the. Yeah, it's like it seems like that's the easiest role to fill. And also, they've got Sam on the roster, so if they want to just pick up somebody else. Because it, it seems like Sam's going to be playing Smokes, given the rest of the roster. I mean, you got Crashy's FNS Victor being the optic core. Um, Sam Artis. Yeah. So I think Sam's probably going to end up on Smokes. Yeah, that would make sense. Right, but also, like, he, he is more of a Jet Chamber player as of right now, so... Yeah. Um, okay, but the other thing is, I have seen zero fucking information about any of these teams, like, sixth person. Yeah, that's that what I was about to bring up. the roster. I'm very interested to see who that sixth person will be for these rosters yeah. that we need. Because it's like, a lot of the top-level people, I don't know if they want to be that sixth player, right? I think that in some right. cases, you might want, like, rather be on a good Tier 2 team that has the chance of going through Ascension. Right and getting moved up next year, um, and then actually being on that roster, right? So, if you're on, if you're like the sixth man and you're not playing in a lot of the games, then you're kind of just like you kind of can get forgotten about. Oh, easily. Yeah, and that that kind of brings to mind something that people have been discussing on Reddit, which is that are any teams going to try to have a roster rotation rather than a true sub? Like Korea, several Korean teams did this a while back. I think even DRX was doing it at one point of having not just a sub, but someone who would come in to play a certain role on certain maps. And obviously that creates a lot of challenges because first of all, you have to have people who are willing to do it. Obviously it's a little bit tough to tell a player like, you know, you're not going to play uh, you're going to be on the bench for some games. You know, any really competitive person is going to find that a little hard to stomach. But it also opens up the possibility that you could get someone <clears throat> who, say, is 
you know, a one trick of one agent, for example, the, you know, the first thing that came to mind would be a Yoru one trick for like bind and maybe some other map, but a more realistic option would be like a breach one trick. Yeah. That's what I was for thinking like, first. Yeah. 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 Uh, who's just really, really good at breach and is just far worse at any other character. And then you have him on the roster. Maybe he's one of the top breaches in NA, but he just doesn't play to that level on other characters. If you have him to come in on that role and you have a team where someone's willing to step out, they're not going to be really butthurt about that. That could be really interesting. So I'm curious to see where that goes. I don't know. I think there's part of the problem is like map five grand finals. You really want somebody coming off the bench. Like, if that someone is the best breach in the world and I'm playing a map with where breach is important, like yeah, fracture, yeah, yeah, like, sure. Yeah. Sure. But like they, like, yeah. you know, they're, they're probably going to be cold. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like Breach has been seeing enough play on variety of maps, so, like, it probably wouldn't be a, hey, we've played four maps, this guy has sat on the bench the entire Grand Finals, and he's coming in completely cold. But, like... I don't feel like the issue... I feel like becoming in cold is much less of an issue when you can be specialized so much. Like, that. Like that's kind of the point. Like, maybe... I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah, feel maybe, like that maybe you can think of it, of it as coming in fresh. Yeah, coming in fresh. Yeah, especially for map five. I mean, fatigue is a real thing. Yeah, for if, sure. If, if you're in a map five. So that scenario in particular, I feel like it's almost nice to have someone who's coming off the bench at that point. I mean, come on. I played I four games this morning, and I was, like, done after it. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like there's definitely an aspect of that in which, like you're saying, like, it, it could be valuable. But I feel like what is potentially more valuable as a six player is someone who is a content creator signing to uh you know a, like one of the more like clouded orgs being i guess like cloud 9 sentinels 100 thieves um and basically just using that like they're like hey like I'm a content creator that's what I do and then I'm good enough if say Asuna gets covid right yeah am i yeah. am i the best possible person to sit in no, but I can. Uh, the other thing that I could see it as is like someone who's someone who's younger and like just kind of starting to get into the competitive scene, but is just like mechanically really fucking good. It's like, hey, this is a way for you to get practice with the best players in the world. Um, and it kind of gets you like your foot in the door, if that makes sense. As a content creator? Uh, no, no, not as content creator, as like a a new young player who like oh, has I see, no, I see. like yeah, who has yeah. little to no competitive experience, but is just mechanically really fucking good. It it gets you in the door. It gets you an opportunity to you know you'll probably get to play some scrims. You, you might not get to play. Well, you're definitely not going to get to play all of them, but you'll probably get the opportunity to scrim a bit with the team. Um, you'll definitely be in like the you know, all the uh, the Discord stuff with them when they're just playing, like, fuck around 10-mans and stuff. Um, but yeah, like, it, I, I can see it as a way to get your foot in the door. Um, I think if you're looking at, like, the top-tier players... Just wait, on, on that on that last point, I think it's something that's interesting to... Uh, or that is, we need to consider there as well is that there is a minimum age to play in VCT, and that is 18, I believe. Um to be playing in the uh in the tier one scene and that is unless you're grandfathered in 
um, oh, from a okay. previous roster. But it, that sixth man might not operate entirely like that, as you were saying, because of the age requirement. If you're talking about a new young player, they are going to have to prove themselves in like a tier two or tier three scene where they are allowed to compete. Got it. Okay. So I, I didn't realize that that restriction was in place. I, I thought the age limit was 16, not, not 18. Um, okay. But that aside, 18 is still, you're, you're pretty fucking young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, but like basically what I'm saying is like, I, I don't really see somebody of like the caliber of like, you know, we're looking at people who might not make it to these tier one rosters just, because they're unlucky or they don't fit in or whatever that may be, right? Um, like, I, I don't really see, you know, like a, a Baby Bay or, you know, just, I, I, I guess, like Dicey, another one of the phase players, um, really wanting to be that sixth man. No, because you want to be like a star. They were, right, they would probably want to be on an Ascension team and be like, hey, let's make a, a fucked good Ascension team. Um, like, if you took the current phase, brought back Marved, because it doesn't seem like Marved is... Yeah, that's really... wild. Yeah, but, like, it would... oh, that's a separate topic, but it'd be ridiculous for probably the best smoker in A, if not also the world, not making it onto a franchise team. But that aside, if, like, say say Marv doesn't sign with any Tier 1 team and goes goes to play with FaZe, um, they'd probably dumpster the Ascension League and then get a spot next year because of the um the promotion. And then yeah. hey, all of a sudden now you're in tier 1 for the next like I I don't know, how long is it? 2 3 years. I think years? you're you're guaranteed 2 years. Yeah. Maybe 3 years. Um which is interesting. I'm not really sure how that's going to end up working out, but um I think it'll be really interesting if it gets to the point where, you know, you get one up one down every year. Like one gets relegated like one team gets relegated, yeah. one team ascends from the lower leagues. Like that would be really interesting to actually have that system in place. Right, because I know that like there are a bunch of leagues in soccer that do that, like promotion and relegation. But I think the problem is it doesn't offer a lot of. Like I think the reason why Riot didn't do that is it doesn't really offer any, you know, long term security for the org is that we're vying to get into this franchise league. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but like, like it, they will end up relegating. I think that that is confirmed. Okay, uh, I, but it, I guess it doesn't I start for I think like three or four years, something like that. Okay. Um. the The other thing that I'm kind of you know maybe concerned isn't the right word, but I think like there's definitely something at play here. Is I feel like there there's a decent chance that a bunch of the good players on the team that makes it up through Ascension might just end up getting poached. Yeah, I think I overheard something about there being some rules protecting against that that haven't been fully like fleshed okay. out yet. But I, I think I it's think Riot's probably, intent to prevent that from happening. Yeah, I think there probably should be some rules in place saying that like, hey, yeah. like if you make it into the league through Ascension, for that year you may not be poached uh, by another roster. Um, or your your current org can't drop you, something like that. Like, you know, because what what if like you get them through and then they're like, oh, but we have the money to go and buy all these other players that are already in tier one. Well, see ya. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah, that doesn't seem like well, it would work out very well either. Well, that might be something that's on the table because 
you know, why would there be a lot of tier one players available that aren't on tier one teams at that? No, point? I'm saying like, that are on tier one teams already. Yeah, aren't aren't you saying yeah. that someone comes up through Ascension? You're a player on that team that comes up through Ascension. Yeah, and your org tells you we're dropping you and picking up X other player. Yeah, yeah, like say, on a tier one team. Say say Tens's contract expires. And then goes and to like, phase when you, they sell. Yeah, like, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, like, we're gonna buy out tens. Like, yeah, I feel like that's gonna happen fairly rarely, just because. Yeah. But, know, then, but then, they say, "Oh, like, fuck you, baby bay." Actually, we're gonna take Psy uh, player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily think that that's gonna happen all the time. And I also don't see that as necessarily a bad. No, thing. What I see, what I see, is significantly more likely is there's two or three competitive tier two teams. One of them wins, makes it up through Ascension. And then that org goes and buys out all the other players from those other teams that didn't quite make it through Ascension to build, like, the all-star roster out of everybody who's not currently on a Tier 1 team. Which would, I mean, now obviously there's an element of, you know, team cohesion and chemistry that, like, that might not be the best idea. But it's like, hey, like, here's a, here's an initiator upgrade we could get. Which would, yeah, be kind of fucking lame if you get your team through the Ascension. You make it into the franchise league and then you get dropped. So I really do hope that they add some Some sort some of protection, yeah. Yeah. Like I, like, I think it'd be a good idea that, like... And especially if, like, when you do come up through Ascension, if you are guaranteed, call it two, three years, I think if for the first year you can't make roster changes that aren't one-to-one trades with current uh, franchise teams. I think that would be a good rule to have in place. Yeah. One-to-one trades with current franchise teams. So that the, yeah, so the player is still guaranteed a, a tier one yeah. spot. Oh, I see. So like, if I come up, if I come up, for example, right, through an Ascension team, we're going to call it the, uh, like, the Drunk Val team, right? The three of us yeah. plus two other people, we make it through Ascension. Right, it's like it's not like any of us could get dropped, but they could take, they could go to, um, you know, they could go to NRG and say, hey, um, how do you guys feel about you know, chase for crashies? A fair trade, probably. <laughs> That's probably fair. Yeah, yeah. equal skill. I mean, I feel a little bit bad yeah. for the drunk foul trio, but. Uh... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just like that, that's what I'm saying. I think it I think it'd be fair if you went for one for one trades with other franchise teams so that like you are guaranteed that tier one spot uh if you do make it up through Ascension. I think it'd be kinda lame if they don't have any clauses in place to protect you from as a player making it through Ascension and then not being able to compete in the tier one scene. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that because my thought is that if you're a team who's made it through Ascension, then you've clearly differentiated yourself to an extent. So as, you know, the coach or as the owner of an org that's just done that, it seems like it would be just a horrible, horrible idea for the org's own self-interest to then be like, oh, let's swap out a bunch of our players. Because clearly you have a competitive roster if you manage to get that far. Well, you've got a, you've got a roster that can beat all the people who aren't in tier one. That doesn't necessarily mean that right. you're not competitive against the tier one teams, but 
I mean, there, there's a reason that these players weren't signed to a tier one team right now. Well, this right is now. true, but but at the same time, there's also a reason why. Well, sorry, there's also not going to be a huge amount of tier one players available because they're going to be on contracts with tier one teams. So, like, who do you get? No, who no, is I'm a saying, proven upgrade to the players you already have right, who I'm proven saying, that okay, they can at again, least beat tier two teams. The the, the yeah. drunk powerant trio plus two randos, we get through ascension, right? We beat yeah. we beat all these other teams, and then you know they they drop me and pick up Baby Bay. Because Baby Bay, yeah, where was Baby Bay playing? Was he playing, playing in Ascension? He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's playing, playing in Ascension, Ascension on Phase. Yeah. yeah, I don't see an issue with that. Like, because that's a significant risk. You're taking a team that beat Tier Two and saying we're going to mix it up to try to go to try to risk it to go for higher Tier One. I, I feel like it would be limiting to teams to the Ascension teams are already facing an uphill battle because they don't have the capital to sign the best players. So it seems to me that, like, if you had, for example, 100 Thieves last year going through Ascension, where clearly the weak spot on their team was Will, telling them, oh, you can't replace Will now that you're actually in the big leagues. I, I, I mean, I guess that's, that's extremely pro-player, but I don't know that that makes sense for the health of the uh, league as a whole. It feels like it's really handicapping the teams that do okay. Ascend. I, I, okay, I think it's going to make less of a difference, call it five, seven, eight years down the line, once there's you know, just more like the, the league has been around for longer. Right. And so you've got a better picture of how everything's shaping up. You've got newer players who have, you know, developed their game um, and have become, er, and who are potentially, you know, tier one players. They just, they weren't around when all of this kicked off. Right. Somebody, none of us have ever heard of. Um, and then I think that that'll be less of an issue. Okay. But I think for the first year or two, I think that there's a significant concern there. Whereas, yeah, it'd be fucking, like, in the example that you gave with 100 Thieves, like, it'd be it'd be bullshit for Will if, like, he gets 100 Thieves through, they, they make it into the Tier 1 through Ascension, and then all of a sudden he's kicked off the roster. Yeah, that's like, that'd be fucking stupid for Will. You'd yeah. Like, hey, I well, was I mean, a, par- a significant part of this team that got us there, like... You know, maybe there is an upgrade, but, like, obviously we, like, we did this. Like, we are the ones, not the fucking org. The org didn't do this shit. We did as players. Well, like, what's the difference from that versus what literally happened in this past season where he was a part of the team that went through LCQ and got to an international championship, and then he got dropped after the international championship? Like, before, yeah, that sucks for him. I don't see the tra- championship or what? No, I mean, he, he got dropped after the international championship. Oh, yeah, yeah that, because... there's a difference there. Yeah, and then also on top what? of yeah, like if 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 a player is dropped after their first year of being in tier one, I see that as less of a problem. I'm not saying that the the roster you come up with through ascension is the roster you need to stick with. So you're you're saying that you have to lose to drop players? No, I'm saying that you have to give the you have to give the people or you should give the people who earned their spot a chance to play in tier one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's bullshit because like the whole point of the whole franchising system is to make this more like a traditional sports league where the thing that comes first is the organizations being competitive. And I think it's hamstringing organizations being competitive if they have to stick with certain players when there could be some players that are either holding their team back or would hold their team back at the next level of competition. Like I don't think a player has earned a spot the org earns a spot in tier in the franchising, not the players. 
The players Why? are just part of the org. But for what reason? Because yeah. the org pays them? Yeah, because the org has built the team around them. Who I mean, won there's the no... fucking Valorant games. It's the players, right? Yeah, not like... one player. Not one player. It's the it's the sum total of the five, along with the coaching, along with the facilities provided for them to practice. Like, you know, or maybe it's a more hands-off approach, and that's better for the players. But, like, here's the thing. I fully agree that it sucks. I would hate it if I was a pro. I got, I, you know, wasn't the strongest player on my team, but we got to, to, the, to the big leagues, and then I get dropped. Like, that would suck. I'm not saying it's not rough for the player, but that's just professional sports. Like, I don't, I don't think that, I mean, you see, you see that, like, for example, you know, the Ravens went out and uh, cut Trent Dilfer after he, was the, the, after he was their quarterback in the Super Bowl in 2001. And, like, that sucked and maybe wasn't even the best decision. But, like, I don't think that should have been banned, that you can't cut players after a Super Bowl win, like, key players. Like, I, I just, I just don't, I don't really see the argument that the players have earned this spot any more so than players of any other team after winning, any other sports team after winning some, you know, some event. Well, okay, so here, here's how, like, let's expand, like, take a, a step back and make, a, like, a broader statement here. So, okay. say in not in the uh new system but in the old vct system right yeah a team makes it through lcq into champions mm -hmm. okay and right before champions they drop their entire roster and pick up a new roster yeah did that org earn a spot in champions or did those players or earn a spot spot in champions well the org earned a spot in champions and then completely dumped everyone who got them there, taking an absolutely massive risk that would probably not pay off. Unless I'm saying they like regardless, out regardless of outcome, imagine those players yeah. that are like, Hey, we fucking fought our way into this tournament. And then yeah. now the org's just going to drop everybody and pick up a new roster that didn't even exist in this tournament. But like, that's, that's where I kind of say, I, my two thoughts on that are, for one, that's incredibly risky for the org to do. And then the other thing is, where would they be getting players who are an obvious... Where are they going to be getting a whole roster that's better than their roster that beat everyone in Tier 2? Where is this Tier 1 team of players who are just hanging out waiting to be signed in that case? But we're not saying it's dropping the entire roster. That, that's well, that, that's what Chase was just fuck. suggesting. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm taking sure. it out to see yeah. if the idea is resilient. Because if an idea is right, resilient, right. you can take it to any scale and it still holds true, right? Now, that's yeah, not yeah. necessarily the greatest way of thinking about things, I'll admit that. But it is a mm -hmm. way in philosophy of thinking about things. Sure. But, like, I don't know. I, like, like, on Hunter, on one hand, yes, I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I feel like it's, like, organizations and the people that play for those organizations in esports have a bit of a different relationship than a traditional sports team does. Okay. Um, it's more like, I think the players in general often have more power than they would in a traditional sports league. Um, in which, yeah, it's the, the org that really has all the power and then they can freely sign whoever the fuck they want. Um, but, and a part of that just comes down to scale, Right. On on any of these teams, there are five, or I guess six if you include your bench player, um, you've got six players on the roster. Whereas yeah. most professional sports leagues, at least the ones that we're like referencing here right now, like, I don't know, a, a hockey team is probably 26 players, basketball team, actually I have no fucking clue. 
Um, football teams, what, 40-some? No, at least eight. Like, how many fucking people are on a football team? I, I don't fucking know. But it, well, I mean, at it's, any it's rate, 54 on the active roster. Okay, 54. That's way more than five. And each of these five players that exist yeah. on this roster, not including whoever their sixth bench player is, um, probably has a considerable following, right? When you look at it, it's right. how many people are fans of Sentinels versus being fans of Tens? Right, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know what that breakdown is. But it's probably, probably a lot of people are fans of Tens. It's probably yeah. in Tens' yeah. favor, right? Right. It's like it, the balance of power just isn't the same in esports organizations as it is in a traditional sports organization. So I don't think it quite works the same way as what you were you were bringing up there. And then, but the, but uh, Cass, you kind of you you kind of gave a point against what you're saying though, because if Sentinels were to cut tens, then like obviously that would be horrible for their business. There's this whole aspect as well of like if they go out and do a really player unfriendly move, if they drop three players of their roster to pick up three new, like, perceived to be higher players, then the fans of those players they dropped are going to be pissed. That's going to result in less merch sales, less viewership. Like, that's going to have a financial penalty if, if an org does something really player-unfriendly like that. So I feel like you kind of brought up the strongest counterpoint to the idea of players needing to be treated differently. I mean, I see what you're saying where, where you're saying nothing should be prohibited it would just yeah. be a bad move for anything of this caliber to happen. And so it'll be very right, unlikely, right. but in the event yeah. that it does happen, like it could happen still. Mm -hmm. Right. And they could pick up just as popular players that are on the side, right? Like say they pick up yeah. fucking shroud way more popular. Is it going to be better <laughs> for the team? Probably not, but you know, yeah. <laughs> um, like that, it just doesn't seem to be, in the spirit of, of the game. I don't know. It, it just seems like it would yeah, suck yeah. To, to fucking be dropped from a roster when you earned your spot in there next year. Now, I'm not saying that they have to stay around for even the whole year. Right, right. Right? But they should at least have the chance to prove themselves in the Tier 1 scene. Yeah, you know, despite our disagreement about that, what I, what I will say that I think Riot should have a very clear, like, hard line on, or I don't know about hard line, but some sort of rule is what I think would be really bad is if a team comes up through Ascension, for whatever reason, this team is fucking loaded. They got like tons of investment and everything. And so the minute they get into, you know, that temporary franchise spot, they drop their entire roster and then buy out five people who are already in the tier one scene. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about, that kind of situation. Well, right, but, like, before we were talking about, like, what players would be available, like, we were talking about people's contracts running out. Mm -hmm. Like, if Tens, you know, didn't, you know... I, I'm talking about buying out, which is, like, significantly more than sure. just, oh, he wants to come to yeah. you as a free agent. Like, I think that's something that should be prohibited, that you can't... I don't know if there should be, like, maybe you can poach one or two, or you can't poach any Tier 1 players, but they're de that would really be bad for the competitive integrity for one player to just... For one organization to just use money to then wreck a bunch of other teams to build a super team of their own all of a sudden, which is why they're like salary caps in a lot of pro sports. That's kind of a similar idea there, but I don't know if salary cap is the right approach to prevent that here. No, because right now be we're, we're, in the, tier one teams. we're in the stage of the sport where we need salary minimums, not salary caps. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just a rule. You can't, you can only poach so many players or you can't poach players at all 
from existing tier one teams. Okay, but also you got to look at it. There's what, what, let's say that there were call it eight very strong NA rosters. Yeah. This has now gone down to five. Right. Okay. That means that there's minimum 15 players who were all incredibly competitive who are not making it onto a tier one team. Well, they're all on competitive rosters. There's a big difference between being an attractive player for a tier one team and being on a roster that was an attractive roster. Sure, but there are more there are more players than just five that are of caliber enough to make it into make it up through ascension. Right? There's more than just five players. It's not like we're currently sitting here and talking yeah, yeah. about okay, which org is gonna go out and put these five people together that are that didn't make it onto a team and then they're obviously just gonna fucking wreck house, go through ascension, and then join tier one. Right? There, there's more than five players. And so if you're on, let's, let's say that there are three highly, highly competitive tier two rosters. One of those rosters is going to make it through, which leaves you 10 players that you could try to get upgrades from out of those other tier two rosters. I feel like that math is incredibly faulty, Cass. I feel like you're making some huge assumptions because you're assuming that the tier one teams haven't picked the best players and built strategically to have the best combinations of players. Uh, but there's a lot more that goes into that, right? Of like, oh, we yeah. have a strong person for this role, but there's another person that's, uh, you know, a lateral move. So why would we change that? And then there's also right, right. the, oh, these two people don't get along. And so, or like, they don't work with the same play for style. Sure, for sure. And so therefore we're not keeping them on our team, but that doesn't mean they wouldn't work in a different environment. Yeah, but like I see, I see. I feel like what Cass is saying is like there are eight teams of there were eight teams in in NA that were considered like strong going into the end of the year. So that means there's forty players who are roughly the same tier. So there's going to be five teams worth of those taken, and now you have the remaining who are all on that same tier who can make good ascension teams. And I'm like, well, no, the best people are being taken by the tier one teams in really cohesive rosters. And unless players get together themselves and say, oh, let's make a roster together, or there's someone really smart with money in an Ascension team saying, let's build a good roster, I think Ascension teams might have a bit of a difficult time building a roster that is that has the cohesion and the star power together to rival the Tier 1 teams. Because, I mean, you know, you got Yay and Tens as star duelists on two different current t- teams in Tier 1. Who's going to compete? And, and they have solid teams around them. Like... How are you going to easily compete with that as an Ascension roster? Yeah, that, that's, I guess what you really yeah. don't want to happen is to have this team like blow through the Ascension League, you know, make like make their way up, and then the, yeah. the next year they they start competing against Tier One teams and they get fucking wrecked every single game. Yeah, and they're yeah. just at the bottom, at the bottom, at the bottom of every right, single right. tournament. Like that's not what you yeah. want to see because then there's such a huge gap between those two teams that you're like, or between the two leagues. Um, that you're like, okay, it's not even worth it to see who goes up because they're just going to get relegated the next year, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think, you know, like, you, okay. you, go ahead, go ahead, guys, go ahead. But like, if you look at the guard, before the guard yeah. just popped up out of nowhere, no one fucking know who any of those people were. Yeah. I mean, there probably are some people who knew who they were, but like, realistically. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, yeah. I agree with what you mean. <clears throat> and they were incredibly competitive out of yeah. nowhere. No, yeah, I'm so not that could always that, happen. Like, Come on, like yeah, nearest I'm not airport. Saying that, like, these, 
<laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not saying that there are these other teams that, yeah. that can do that. It's just like on any of those rosters, there is probably someone available that you guys would consider an upgrade, like a strict upgrade to one of the other players on those rosters. And I think it'd be a bit bullshit if the player who earned their spot doesn't get a chance to compete. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that it would be kind of bullshit in, in the sense that it sucks for the player. But, like, at the same time, along the lines of what Chase is saying, if you're a team who's just ascended and you look at the, you know, suppose there's one kind of weak link who did all right. If you're the four other people who've been playing really well, it would be kind of bullshit for you to not be able to replace the weak link and have a fighting chance. Like, for example, 100 Thieves replacing Will. Or if you look at it from the, you can look at it either from the perspective of the four players or the org. Like, yeah, it sucks to be that player, but I don't feel like it's morally wrong. I feel like we've kind of discussed this a lot. Yeah. So maybe this is something that can go in the polls. I'd be very curious to hear what the Discord thinks about this. Because the question is, should it be a rule or not? Right. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I think there's it, it. Like, given Will in his current context, he was in an unfortunate position in that, like because they're going to franchising and there are many teams that didn't make it in. Right. It's like, well, it'd be, it'd be dumb not to get cry out. Yeah, no, well, no roster was safe. And I don't think any roster yeah. was safe opposed to yeah. possibly EG at this point, but we have no fucking idea what, what right. going no, who, on. Who knows what the yeah. fuck EG is doing. But like, as of now, B dog is not signed by any tier one team, as far as I'm aware, or even like suspected to be in the running for any tier one team. Yeah. So if you say like hundred thieves stuck with their current roster and then didn't make franchising and then ascended and they wanted to swap out will for B dog as they start competing in tier one. Like that seems like something that is a move that would make a team that is already has the deck stacked against them by coming from Ascension. That seems like something that would allow them to be more competitive versus saying, no, you can't do that. You have to stick with your inferior roster I don't know. Yeah, uh, we should leave it to a poll. But that, that's just my thoughts on it. I don't know. But we we don't even know at this point, you know, w would that roster be inferior? Maybe maybe the Ascension League will be fucking stacked with players mm -hmm. and they're actually a tier above the tier one teams. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know that. Well, they can yeah, come the, in the, and be like, wow, right. the competition's easy up here. Live in lavish. Yeah, I, think that, I think the real interesting thing to watch will be how do the the Ascension teams organize? What teams form because there could be a scenario in which uh you know a lot of the talent gets dispersed broadly and then you don't have a team that's really cohesive but then you could also have like Cass said another situation where an org does really good with scouting talent and puts together a bunch of unknowns or a team where a bunch of players come together who are just missed the cut for tier one and make a good team so i'm really curious to see how that will go i mean just looking at names that i know are not Realist or like not looking like they're going to make it to tier one. Yeah. You know, one of these is a bit of a, we just don't know anything that's <laughs> going on, but like say phase keeps, uh, right. Keeps, uh, baby Bay dicey grabs, uh, marved assuming marv does not land his way onto a tier one team, which would be a bit ridiculous, but let's just say he doesn't. I don't know why um, he isn't signed that. I, there must yeah, be something right. I don't know. You get, uh, you get like, call it EU or BCJ. Nobody really knows what BC, BCJ is up to at the moment. Uh, there's been rumors of him trialing with EG, but you take one of them, and then what do you need? Uh, you need an IGL. I don't know who's the best IGL that's not going to make it. Um, 
I know Calm is currently EG's IGL, but also who the fuck knows what EG is. I think Steel is available. I think the rumor is he's not going with T1 in their Korea move. Yeah, I don't think he is. Yeah. Uh, no, Steel's been... I think he's been officially dropped. Yeah. Um. Yeah, which there has been some rumors about. I don't know if there's any anything behind these rumors, but that Riot was behind the scenes taking a harder stance against people with max match fixing scandals being steel and marved and that's what's keeping them off of tier one teams um i don't that's just something that people have been tossing the idea around who knows um but like i i think there is definitely the potential for there to be a standout ascension team and it's like if you've got the money an org-like phase who can go out, offer these people very competitive contracts that other tier two orgs probably don't have the bankroll to do. Um, and just brute force your way in. Yeah. I, oh, I totally agree. It's possible. The question mm-hmm. is, will it happen? And that's what I'm very curious to see. Maybe. Right. Okay. Um, well, that's about all I got for this. Unless anybody's got any, uh, well, as usual, that was a short topic that ended up not being, which was good. We had some good heated debate there. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was going to be shorter than it was. Um, oh, yeah. All right. Well, I need to do two things here. Number one, forgot to go to the bathroom before we started, so I'm going to do that now. Number two, I need to grab my vape because I left it in my other room. What an L. Tragic. Not even so, prepared for the podcast. Dude, I know. Cringe. So here we are. Yeah, Chase, you said you played uh, four games today, so I pulled up Tracker, and oof, yeah. you're starting to see it, my dude. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> uh, I was telling Oliver this earlier, but I have been just ping-ponging back and forth between almost deranking from Gold 2 to being like 50 out of 100 RR in Gold 2. Like, I am just stuck in that one tight range of 0 to 50 mm. RR in Gold 2. I had I had uh, two games earlier where the first game I played with like a, a two stack and I wasn't like playing super hot. It was like my breeze game. Um, mm-hmm. Like I played meh in that game, and then the Damn. next game I queued up, I played against them on Icebox. Um, and against I, your two stack? What? Ag- against that two stack? Oh, that's funny. Um, and I was popping off. I was like top fragging. And like the uh, the jet in that two stack was like, yo, elusive. Where the fuck was this last game? <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for that comment. I was like, I know, I know, he's gonna say it at some point. Like, when's it Were coming these through? Randos? Are these like from Discord? No, it's just randos. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's always fun know, when you. Yeah. Uh, it's always fun when you play against a team and then end up queuing into some of those players in the next game. Yeah. And there's always that little bit of like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, well, it was nice. Yeah. Because... Why are you a god all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, that that's it was nice being on the other end of that, of them of them being like, shit, why is he tapping me now? He was shit on our team last game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then it was also nice because I knew, like, one, the jet was an off crutch. Um, mm-hmm. And she had, like, dumb good movement. So I was like, okay, well, I know something about these players now. Like, I can I can try yeah. to counterstrap this. <laughs> and I knew I knew that uh, I knew that he was 
insane with knives because he got like an insane knife ace. Um, and so I, I was like, okay, I, I know how, like, anytime I hear that jet pop knives, I'm fucking hightailing out of there and telling my entire team yeah. to disperse. <laughs> like, That's great. Oh, is that the best course of action? It's it's obviously the best course of action against, like, arrays with incredibly good blast packs and an ult. But, like, wouldn't you rather duel the jet as multiple of you? Part of that ace was two people next to each other, tap, tap, flick around 180 tap okay. <laughs> oh, okay, so I, I was like yeah no not the best idea to like rush the jet down in that instance yeah and i was thinking if you do rush them down there's a decent chance tap dash away mm-hmm. and then you down one player and probably the jet will have backup at that point before you could get to them again yeah, 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 no, I'm not saying rush them down. I'm saying like, but if you're gonna fall back, you but should like play as should, a five man. Yeah, like stick in pairs, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like buddy up. Um, yeah. So that when the jet does encounter us, hopefully we get a little more firepower. So if one of us dies, the other one will get the trade. Like I was, I was dead for this ace, and I was watching it. Like mm-hmm. this person is a Smurf. There, like there is no way that this person. And then like the actual score line was like, okay, they obviously weren't Smurfing. Like they're kind of like mid pack on our team. But yeah, like, damn, that was an insane ace. Yeah. Yeah. And Cass, you wouldn't know this because you don't listen to the podcast, but there have been a couple times now where instead of saying, oh, our intermission is over, we just kind of rolled into good Valorant conversation. So like, you know, this is, this is all staying in. Oh, okay. Cool, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say like, if that's one thing that I could just like upgrade my own game, just like, you know, you pop a pill. And then all of a sudden you just become way better at a certain aspect. I'd probably pick jet knives. <laughs> that would be pretty I am, cool. I am very inconsistent with them. And it, yeah, it's like I I don't have the same confidence that like other people do is like, you know what? This is a viable weapon. Right? Yeah. Going into an eco round. Like when I pull out chamber alt on an eco round, it's like, yo, this is a vi- this is more than a viable fucking weapon. Yeah, they're like, this like, is like a full buy. Oh yeah, more it's than like, a full this buy. Is a yeah. Fucking weapon of mass destruction right now. Um, uh, but yeah, with the jet knives, it's like, ah, well, I can't afford a vandal. Guess I'll pull the knives out. Um, or like, I don't know. I, I I've been trying to get better at like more or being more willing to use them on rounds in which I have a buy already. Um, it's just like, ah, getting rushed down with an op. This is unfortunate. Knives. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like call an ambulance. Well, not not me. Me. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to think, you know, if there's any instance where you're opping as jet and you think, oh, fuck, I wish I had a vandal right now. Mm-hmm. You should be popping knives. If you have yeah, them, right? But, yeah. Right, right. But also, I I have been often in situations where it's like, well, if we lose this round, I don't have a buy next round. These knives give me something I can use next round. But if I pop them now, maybe we win the round and I bring my op through to the next round and then my econ doesn't fucking matter. True. I think that depends wow. on if it's a 1v4 or 5 or a 1v2 yeah, yeah. 3. Right. Like 1v2 3 um, knives is is very viable. Um, right, but you know, one v four. But even you, you even in them. like not one vxs, like it could be like a three v three, right? Like it right. could be a three v three. I'm getting rushed down, and it's like, hey, like 
my my backup isn't super close. I was I was the sight anchor or whatever, like holding for the rotate. Um, they've got like yeah, their omen smokes have been recharged. They're like their sky flashes back online. Like I'm being forced off the angle here. I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck. Do I do I pull the knives out and put myself in? I like I guess this is like a high risk high reward scenario in which we could end up winning the round over it. Uh, I, I can save my op over it, or the high risk aspect of it would be well, I die, my team loses, I lose the op, and I now don't have the have the alt for next round. Yeah, you're just like um, everybody else the next round. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but like part of the reason why you play Jet and Chamber is for their econ benefit. Oh, definitely. I I think I I agree with that. But then I think you need to probably be more, you know, okay with popping them, even in like that three v three scenario. Because then if you mm-hmm. think, oh, if I get pushed off, um, then we're in a two v three retake scenario, which is very weighted against us. Um. So I yeah, might as I well it... use my knives here because my op's not going to be of much use. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, from a psychology perspective, maybe you, I, you could say, oh, I never want to think about uh, what's going to happen if I lose the round because we're not going to lose the round. I was saying, I, I feel like if I was, if I had more confidence in my own ability with knives, then I'd be more willing to do that. But it often seems like I either get nothing like they're they're from from where I see it is like there there are three possible outcomes of my knives that are the most common. Um, there is the first in which I pop knives, I die, slash with them all, and then I got nothing. Um, I right click someone, get the kill, and then immediately die because I get traded because I don't have a gun. Um, or there's the third option, which happens significantly more infrequently, but occasionally I pop the fuck off, I click a couple of heads, and I get like a 4K with knives. Um, yeah. yeah, that needs to happen just, more often, I think. Right, but I'm saying, I wish I could get more to the point where it's like, hey, like, I pop knives, I got a realistic chance here of getting getting two. Maybe getting three. Yeah. You know? Whereas I, it currently I mean, seems if I had like, to choose, I'd, I'd take the 4K. Okay, asshole. That's not the point here. <laughs> <laughs> It just seems like I am very heavily weighted towards the bottom end of I get nothing with them all. I right-click someone, get one, but then immediately get traded out. Or I, you know, I pop the fuck off. But, like, my pop-off rate is not very high. It's very low percentage. And I'd like to remove a bunch of the percentage on the I with all of them and move that into, hey, I get two kills. You know? Not... Not incredible, but it's, hey, I got mine, and then I got another one. Yeah, I've been thinking of, uh, you know, similarly about that kind of situation as I've been playing more Neon on Fracture and Haven, where there are times when I might have an eco-buy, a slight eco-buy already, like maybe a Bulldog, or I go ahead and buy an op, or the situation is such that, like, I have a Phantom or a Vandal, but I kind of would prefer alt for a certain, like, aggressive play I want to do. I'm trying to, you know, trying to do that calculus in my head of, like, do I feel like I can get enough value with my ult to justify using it now rather than saving it for the save next round? It's kind of tough sometimes to figure out. 
and I'm I'm also pretty inconsistent with the neon ult at this point as well, similar to what you were saying with jet knives. So, uh, yeah, it, it can be tough. Oh, I I feel like as neon, I am now admittedly take this with grain of salt. I haven't played a ton of neon, but yeah, I am much more readily willing to pop neon ult if I want it. Um, it's like, hey, I want this now. I'm gonna use this now. Uh, because I feel like, no, I, I don't know if the changes to Neon's ult, because I haven't, I've only played one unrated game with Neon since the change. Um, I don't know if that would make me feel better about bringing her ult as my only econ weapon, or like, as the only thing I've got into an eco round. But previously, yeah. I didn't. I'm like, this is not, this is not super viable as a, hey, I'm going to pop my ult and that's going to replace a weapon. Um, and so I was more willing to use it in, like, in scenarios in which you'd see, like, a raise popper ult. As in, hey, there's a good opportunity here for me to get one or two. I'm going to go yeah. for it. Um, yeah, and the big thing is, unlike Jet Knives or Chamber ult, and like Reyna ult or Raze ult, the Neon ult has a timer. So it's much, it's much easier to decide to pop it if you're about to go into sight on attack where you're going to be the tip of the spear, like you're going to be the first one to seek engagements where either you get a kill and take their gun or you die <laughs> versus on defense where maybe you hear some stuff and pop ult, but then your teammate kills the first guy and then they rotate. And then you're like, ah, shoot, my ult was wasted. Hey, but then you got a gun if your teammate killed the first guy. Theoretically, but it depends on like where they were killed. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if I'm thinking, I'm picturing like Icebox, A-Site, if the first guy is killed like up on belt, and then, like, you know, you want to wait a while to make sure they've actually left. You don't necessarily want to just go charging into the remaining four. And mm -hmm. then at that point, like, do you want to go all the way up to belt to get the gun and then rotate after that? Like, you know, it, it can be a little awkward, for sure. Whereas on offense, you just charge in and get kills or die. <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy. <laughs> I don't know, but taking this a step back here, if you guys could take a pill to just immediately improve one aspect of your game, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, probably my gameplay. <laughs> very helpful, very helpful. You, you get you get a boost to an isolated subsect of your game. Can I wait for more wishes? <laughs> okay, so Chase is just going to loop all this. We will ignore Chase. Hunter, what do you got? Um... Yeah, mine is, is pretty clear, I think, which is first bullet accuracy. That my spray control is pretty good. Um, but there are plenty of times when I'm like, there's the guy's head. I just want to hit it with my first shot. And I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I could just improve my first accuracy by like, I don't know, like 30%, something like that. I think I would climb up several ranks immediately. Because it's definitely a real weak spot of my game. Yeah, um, I don't know. In all serious, in all seriousness, I think I'm perfect. So, um, <laughs> that that's why I'm number one in uh, in NA right now. If you didn't, well, number one that, in, among us three, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even with my uh, sizable loss streak today, um, I think plays smokes. 
Yeah, hey, you know, Riot secretly implemented the thing yeah, where you get more RFR. Yeah, Riot R- did implement smokes. the thing where you get more. <laughs> <No>. Yeah, <laughs> somebody else was talking about this. <laughs> just like, yo, everybody tells you to play a duelist if you want to climb. Nah, fuck that. Play smokes. <laughs> like it yeah. guarantees you don't have a dog shit team comp. Yeah, but no. Also, I mostly just yeah. play with. I mostly play with either Chase or you, and so it's it is somewhat right. rare that I go into <laughs> games without smokes now. Because I never. Yeah, I will say games. slight tangent. I was looking at my tracker today. And I only play Viper on Breeze. Uh, and I don't play Viper anywhere besides Breeze. I, this act, I've won 8 out of my 10 <laughs> Breeze games on Viper. Damn. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But there's, there's something to playing Smokes, for sure. Yeah. All right, but Chase, come on. You pick something. Yeah, no, I had something in my head, but now we've, uh, we've discussed other things in the last 30 seconds. Oh, and it's, been, it's gone. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? It's Something a, about you being the top rank, rubbing it in. Oh, oh, the initial question of what would you like to improve about your game? Yeah, no, I, I remember what the question was. I just can't remember what my fucking answer was. And I did actually have a serious answer before I said that I was perfect, um, which is also true, by the way. Uh, See, now that, now that Chase is <laughs> above us in rank, we can't call him out on that. We just have to take it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty bad. obvious I'm being facetious. <laughs> we're, in, we're in fucking gold. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious I'd be facetious as well <laughs> I'd have no hesitation on calling you on bullshit if I thought you were being straight up yeah I wanted to say something about peaking like I want to be able to to, yeah. to peak well because um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm always in a disadvantage Um, like when I'm peaking an angle I like if I'm holding an angle I think that I have the advantage obviously like that's not really a hot take but uh (laughs) like that's where i feel really confident when my gameplay is when i'm holding an angle or if i'm like you know going into a situation where i can guarantee the outcome or like where they're going to be i feel like my crosshair placement is decent for that but it's more like when i'm peaking a wider angle and they could be in multiple spots like how do i do that so that i can have the the time it takes to understand where they are and then move my crosshair to them so you want to get better at flicking yeah, but there, there. I think there's a slight nuance there where I could say, yes, I do want to get better at flicking. That's definitely some part of my gameplay that I'm not very good at. But that's kind of separate from the from the how to peak point. Okay. Which is, I want to be able to peak in a way that enables me to flick better. For why? For so you want to be a pro at 360 jump peaking? That's what I mean. Okay. At the risk of this being a stupid fucking question, because I. For some reason, I should know the answer to this because when I spectate, or like, I, I often get to spectate you because you live a lot and I die a lot. But for yeah. some reason, I don't know the answer to this. Do you know what slicing the pie is when it comes no. to peaking angles? Hunter, do you? Wait, okay. Are you are you saying? I can picture what you're, you you're mean saying. Just peak by a saying little it, bit of the sure. angle, like you yeah, peak yeah, each yeah, angle yeah, at yeah, a time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. 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 You're wanted... gonna you're gonna make me sound like a dumbass by knowing by not knowing what slicing the, the pie is yeah okay, but but like, <laughs> I, it's like i i just wanted to know because and i said at risk of this being a very stupid question <laughs> yeah but it's just worded in a poor way because it's like yes i might do that but i do mm-hmm. i not know the term of it and then you'd be like oh right, you right, don't do right, that right, like right. you know no no but like that wasn't yeah. that, that wasn't the point i was just wondering if like you 
yeah, you did what it was or not. Not necessary about whether not necessarily about whether you knew what the term was. Obviously, yeah, like you only like want to it, expose yourself to an angle at a time, ideally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when it comes back to Chase's idea of, you know, how to peak well, there are times when the best thing to do is a Ferrari peak, which is not slicing the pie at all. Yeah. So like oh, yeah. figuring out what the best peak is for a situation is something that I'm not gonna pretend I'm perfect at. Yeah, there was a no, was there was like, a Yoru in my in a game yesterday called Ferrari Peak, and uh, mm-hmm. he really lived up to his. Name. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, we were in that game together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time he peeked me fucking across the map, mm-hmm. like <laughs> he fucking yeah, ran okay. through that angle. Yeah, but no, the reason why I brought that up is because like th- this is your first FPS that you're playing. Um, whereas I think it hundred it is also yours, right? It's my first real competitive FPS. Like, okay. I played, like, Borderlands beforehand, but, like... Sure, you know, sure. But that's PvE, really not PvP. Um, yeah. Okay, but, like, I, I just, like... I have played well, other competitive... It's, what? It's a, okay, it's the first competitive FPS I've played competitively. I played Rainbow Six Siege and was dog shit. But, like, okay. I only played that very, very rarely. Like, I never... I probably have less than 15 hours total in Rainbow Six Siege, so, yeah. Okay, I'm saying, like, they're just, like, a couple of, like, there are a couple of things that, like, might not be inherently intuitive that you just kind of learn as you play competitive FPS games. Um, yeah. Which, like, yeah, like, the whole slicing the pie technique for how you, how you peak angles, how you choose what to expose yourself to as you're trying to clear multiple things is not intuitive. Like, I feel like the intuitive answer is, hey, I walk around this corner, I trace the angle, right? And assuming you know what crosshair placement is, right? It's like, I trace this angle, and I just, I, I, I keep going out until I see somebody, and then I'm like, oh, there's somebody, let me shoot at them. I feel like that's the more intuitive approach. That Yeah. Un- unless, you, unless you know about this, then you probably don't just, like, happen upon it, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, and I'll add to that, that, like... Especially if you played like mid two thousands or like late two thousands, early twenty tens cover shooters, like if you're peeking a corner, the sort of intuition is to get hug the wall and then peek out. Versus in Valorant, you really want to be as far back from the wall as possible and then peek from there. Yeah, because so like that's another the intuition. Further back thing. from yeah. the wall that you yeah, yeah. are the uh, like you know Yeah, angle advantage. Yeah, you get angle mm-hmm. advantage. Which yeah. Um but again, I feel like yeah, those are kind of unintuitive things right and like yeah if and now to, to take this right into like real life say or say i was playing paintball right i feel like you might happen across the the slice in the pie thing like hey like let me pop out of cover like let me check if someone's right there and then if someone's not there like i'm gonna go back into cover because i don't want to leave myself exposed uh but no one was there so now i can check like the next spot that i think someone's in like you, you might end up doing that right but like staying far away from that angle like no if i'm playing a game of paintball i'm fucking right up against whatever that goddamn cover is yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> i'm staying as close to the fucking oh, yeah. wall as i possibly can um so yeah, yeah that's another and, one that is like yeah. very unintuitive right now right. obviously in real life there's the aspect of hey i'm gonna poke literally like i'm gonna lean out to the side and poke just my gun barrel and my head out from cover which valorant doesn't let you do yeah, um, that's something I really enjoyed doing in Tarkov. Is you can lean yeah. to check an angle, and I love oh, that. Yeah. I love that mechanic, but I think it would be too much in Valorant. Obviously, you can also do that in Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, you can also I, yeah. prone and then lean in Rainbow Six Siege. Right, I, I know. I knew that was a uh, 
the Rainbow Six thing. I I didn't I didn't know that was in Tarkov, but it makes sense. Yeah, which in Rainbow Tarkov. Six it it makes it very beginner unfriendly because like you're learning the maps and then you get shot from someone who is like Laying downstairs. Down. <laughs> you see like one pixel of them as their head and gun is like peeking out. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's brutal. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, so I, I think the, like yeah, along those lines, like the angle advantage thing is is very unintuitive. Like either you know about it or you don't. And like to be perfectly honest, I don't. That might be something that like say the internet didn't exist and you couldn't go to YouTube or like Google like tips for getting better, right? There was just you're you're playing this game, you get no outside counsel. You might eventually notice that maybe as in like oh hey like what the fuck this guy shot me and i never fucking saw him on my screen and it didn't register like what the fuck is going on um but yeah i think it's really easy to chalk that up to oh hacking or oh ping um so I, i feel like yeah you might eventually notice that over time if you played a lot but like i feel like that's also just one of those things that like somebody's gotta clue you in on at some point yeah and another example of that is that uh laggy i believe it was shared in the discord a couple days ago a really cool video by a guy who had never played i think his name was like sliggy or something yeah he had never played valorant before and then he spent 30 days grinding it even paid a coach to help him out went from zero to 100 to see how far he could climb and i won't spoil how far he did climb because it's a really cool video but anyway at one point uh, I was watching it with my dad, who have, of course, been on and off trying to show how to play Valorant. And you see the uh, the guy in the video, like, jiggle peek and angle with his knife out. And my dad is like, oh, I never considered doing that, of, like, jiggling an angle with my knife out. Because, you know, the intuition is you always want to have your gun at the ready to shoot if needed. And you don't think about the fact that, oh, I actually get to move a little bit faster with my knife out. Yeah, <laughs> Which, no, of course, I'm, I'm not going to kill, I'm going for information in this case. Right, right. Like, if you actually are holding, you know, if you actually are holding a gun in real life, like, you don't get extra speed when you switch to your knife as long as your gun is still, like, on your person somewhere. So, like, yeah, it's, a, uh, you know, that's one of those things. You have to see it to be like, oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, I, I find that jiggle, like, like full-on jiggle peeking, I think is just less about, like, valuable and Valorant. Like, I think I jump peek everything if I'm gonna do that, because you can't, like, the tagging mechanic doesn't work while you're in the air, right? Like, the tagging mechanic works when you're grounded. And I feel like the tagging mechanic is so severe that it's possible when you're jiggle-peaking to just be caught out. Um, now, one of the things that I think maybe I should incorporate that I don't is shoulder-peaking. I never fucking shoulder-peak anything. And, like, maybe I should. Shoulder peeking is where you just show the absolute minimum amount of yourself possible, right? Yeah, yeah, it's where like, you. Yeah, exactly. Like, like so you, you, you can't like, even see down the hallway. You can't, yeah. No, no, you oh, can't even see down oh, the hallway. I see. Literally, okay. you just put your shoulder out into it, and if someone fires a shot at you, well, they're there. Um, yeah, yeah, it could be useful. Could be yeah. too little. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's better on attack kind of deal if someone's possibly holding an angle. Right, and then but I, like. But, like, if it's not, you die. Not necessarily, because, like, you're exposing a very small sliver of yourself. Right. And yeah, if you don't do it, if you don't do it in the exact same cadence over and over again, like, that's a fucking tough shot to hit. 
Especially because oppers tend to like flick towards center of mass. So if your center of mass is still behind the wall, like worst Mm -hmm. case, you get wall banged. Yeah, oppers aren't normally like precision. Oh, shooting the first thing that shows up. When you're when you're jiggle peeking, it's very often that you're going to take some damage. There's no arguing against that. Like you will most likely take an amount of damage, but it's very unlikely that you die, which is why you do it. Whereas when you jump peak angles, I mean. Everybody's had that moment where they jump peak and angle and the op catches them. And they just die. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, sure, you're jiggling an angle. Your head's exposed for, like, a fraction of a second. The guy just, like, rips your dome off. Like, it it happens. But, and obviously it's more valuable against rifles where as long as your head isn't exposed, they quite literally can't kill you in one shot. But I never do it, is what I'm getting back at. No, I really like, uh, like strafe holding. Like when I'm, uh, when I'm holding an angle instead of just, you know, staring down my barrel, like at an angle, I like being you know, like strafing behind cover and then peeking. Um, that just jiggle peeking. Yeah. But it's more like when you're holding an angle than peeking and I don't know. It's technically the same thing, but it, it's, it's, jig- jiggle it's jiggle, peeking. it's jiggle peeking, but on, uh, on defense. On defense. Is that yeah. time? It's still it's still just fucking jiggle peeking. <laughs> there's a there's a slight difference. But I, I really I actually really like doing that. Uh and mm-hmm. I found that it helps a lot. Like I've I've actually gotten a lot more kills since I started doing that than just holding an angle straight mm-hmm. up. Um because if somebody else is then peeking into me, um the likelihood that I'm going like my aim's not really good enough to just get that tap off, but it is good enough to like you know strafe a couple of times to to jiggle peek a couple of times, fire a couple of bullets maybe through the corner of that wall that I'm that I'm peeking, and like you know get a couple of wall bang shots and kill them, mm-hmm. you know, and then they have less time or like a less static target to shoot at. I mean the whole. The whole reason why you jiggle peek in that context instead of, like, on attack, when you're jiggle peeking, you're often slicing the pie. Whereas on defense, when you're jiggle peeking and you're holding an angle, like, the whole idea is to put uh, peeker's advantage into your favor. Right. Because if you're just static holding an angle on defense, they have peeker's person, advantage. the person swinging you has peeker's advantage. But if they walk out into the angle and then you jiggle out, well, now you've got peeker's advantage. Um, so I, I think that's the main aspect behind it it also keeps me engaged you know it like keeps you like looking at your screen i don't know sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes you're like not like if you're just holding an angle statically then like no one's like peeked into you in like you know five ten seconds and you get you're like oh what's going on else like going on elsewhere on the map maybe i'll check my mini map what what's my teammate doing is are they over on b site i, I don't see them on a and and then someone peeks into you and, and kills you um so I find that like just a little bit of movement keeps you engaged and focused on on the angle that you're actually holding. Yeah, like when I'm holding an angle with an op, I kind of like I make like super tiny figure eights, kind of with my reticle. Um, but okay, that that's something that I've noticed that's happened a couple of times in like this last week where we've been playing and. I feel like I could really use some more call-out information in terms of, like, 
you should rotate versus you should stay. Because like oftentimes yeah. I'll hear the call out like, "Hey, I got three, I got three pushing a long, and I'm over on like let's take Haven. I'm holding to C long with an op, right? And you're like, hey, three A, and then I hear a bunch of gunshots going off, but I'm not getting any more callouts, yeah. and I'm not seeing a bunch of kills in the kill feed, right? And it's like, well, I don't really want to look at my mini map right now because then I'm not actively holding the angle. Like I'm staring at my fucking mini map. Um, and also Haven is large enough that when I'm on C, I can't see what's going on on a long unless I hit the map button to bring it up on my screen. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I feel like in general, I could use more call out information. Just like, Hey, like we've still got sight, like don't rotate, hold. Oh yeah. Um, versus like, cause yeah, there've been a ton of rounds in which like, I'm I'm staring down fucking C long holding that angle and then I hear spike planted and got no fucking call outs like whatsoever um that like they had sight or anything like that. Yeah, obviously that's too much time with no call outs, but in the other case of like, you know, you peek you're jiggle peeking an angle, you see three bodies, you're like you give that call out immediately. That doesn't mean rotate over immediately, right? That means hey, there's three people here they might exec. Right? Yeah. And so you don't want to say rotate over because you don't know if they're going to commit to that yet. Um, you kind of want to wait for that to play out. And then you're busy in an engagement, right? But then if you if they get spiked down, then obviously somebody should have called you over at that point. Yeah, it's like at the point in which spike is planted, I should have had some more information. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's, there's the, hey, I see 3A long. And then there's the, they have sight or like they've, they've made it out. Right. Or there's a, there's a fast a call. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that is, that's usually after right. like, there's like a, Oh, two a fast day. And then fast day yeah. kind of means like, like, Hey, pull like off. Back up. Yeah. Back up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just like, I, I feel like I've noticed it a lot within the last week of just me being on the other side, just like, Hey, so like, do I rotate? Do I not? And then, there, there have been a number of times when, like, I didn't hear any call-outs. I pull up in my map, and I see that, like, you and Hunter are both holding A long and A short rather aggressively, and there's a 0% chance that they're on A, right? And so it's like, okay, obviously I stay here. They're still stuck A lobby. Right, right. Um, but it's like, I, I feel like I could use those call-outs. Like, like, we've still got A control, like, fucking stand your ground, you know? Yeah, I mean, also, at the same time, easy for you to say but like you know that at the same time is taking our attention off of the current angle that we're holding yeah, by no, trying to make course. a call out right no no i i fully understand that i'm not i'm not coming out here being like yo guys what the fuck like it, and like in general like i i have the same thing right like if i'm holding an angle i'm not the first thing on my mind isn't necessarily the calling something out right like i'm if i'm in a gunfight i'm not gonna be like mid gunfight hitting my v button being like so you guys gonna rotate over or, or what i can't believe um, you don't have voice comms on your mouse yet i have two buttons on my mouse that aren't my left click and my i actually right don't click. have voice comms on my mouse either i'm a degenerate i know yeah it's insane but like definitely the most used mouse button i do have inspect <laughs> weapon on my mouse though and that's really what counts as, as jason i, I like, know <laughs> i feel like i use left click more on my mouse nope. than i do than no. i would voice comms probably not I don't know. Yeah, I think yes. Obviously, left click you probably use more than than the voice comp button. But other than than left and right click, like like 
prep like you know on yeah the but side. i can't i can't Peripheral. not have yeah but i can't not have e and q on my mouse actually technically is chamber i could have my headhunter or i like i use i use my keyboard for headhunter wait you only so have I two could... other buttons yeah false what incorrect like yeah i've got two buttons you don't have a scroll wheel a mouse wheel okay but like my scroll wheel switches my weapons i'm not a fucking degenerate okay, bunny but, hopper but can you click that in yeah can you I click it side to side no i can't click it side to side oh wow okay, neither can i but like Cass was really giving me shit for having a mouse that couldn't do that hey, before hey, so i'm, my, I'm gonna give if there was one change that i could make to this mouse okay well there are two changes that i'd make but they'd both be centered around the scroll wheel um i would trade a little bit of increased weight because obviously the whole thing with the g pro super light is that it's fucking lighter skin right but i would be willing to have a bit more weight to have two features that my old mouse had one of them being yeah being able to push my scroll wheel left and right the second being the scroll wheel is permanently locked into the the classic scroll wheel you know, it yeah, goes like click, click, click. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the infinite spin scroll wheel that my old mouse had for not playing video games. When I'm playing video games, I like the standard click, 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 click. But when I'm just using my computer for other purposes, unlike Chase, who only ever plays video games on his computer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a degenerate, dude. I I wish I had the the infinite scroll feature because holy fuck was that so nice. I, I really don't like the fe the feeling of the infinite scroll, um, so I'm fine with the clicky. Like even when I'm browsing the internet and reading articles and stuff. But I understand. But also, do you have DPI shifters? Nope. Really? Greatest thing in the fucking world because oh my lord, I would hit them all the fucking time on my old mouse. Well, you can change them to be not DPI. Oh, no, I know, shifters. I know, I know. But like, I I used my deep like. When I had DPI shifters, I used them for other features on my computer. Um, and now, should I have gone and disabled them while I was in Valorant? Yes, I should have, but I didn't. And then occasionally I would smack my mouse into my keyboard uh, because my keyboard was a full size. I now have a, a 10 keyless, but um, I'd smack it into my, com my, my keyboard and then my DP, it would hit my DPI shifter, which would then bump my DPI to fucking sky high. Um, As it should yep, be. Yep, I remember those days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you don't have a sniper button either? No, I don't have I a I've disabled my sniper button. button. Yeah. 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 I mean, my all my sniper button does is mute me in Discord. But... Mm. Okay, I found it, like, I don't know. And now, admittedly, I've got a stubby thumb relative to the majority of other people. But... I always found that sniper button to be in a very not where my thumb is resting position, which makes oh, it's it like kind directly of under my thumb. Okay, yeah, mine was too far in front of where my thumb naturally rests, and now maybe, maybe that's my grip. Maybe I've got a stubby thumb. No, actually, I definitely have a stubby thumb, but like, it might also be my grip. Um, like, it it was just so far out of the fucking way for me to reach that it's like. What's the fucking point of this? Yeah, yeah maybe also, maybe your uh, greatest of all time mouse just really isn't all that. 
It could be. Yeah, you know what? I should have bought the final Mouse Tens version. Definitely. Or, you know, of course, they're Night Sword. Can't get wrong with that one. No, you Recommended by one of the best Yoru players in the world. Yeah. RGB uh, Elite yeah. guaranteed to get you to uh to plot one. I you know what? <laughs> yep. Is Corsair paying you money that. and I'm not getting a cut of this on our podcast? So oh, what's there's, going on? You're not getting a cut of it. You hate Corsair. <laughs> Why would we give you a cut of that? <laughs> I would fucking preach for Corsair if they gave me money. You're you're <laughs> you're probably getting bought. more money from Logitech. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we get into the uh, to the last topic here? Let's, let's yeah, get yeah. it over. Okay, so here's the, here's the deal, right? Today is the 12th of October. Um, bum, bum, bum. Had, yeah. Okay, Ooh. basically, we're at this kind of awkward point that we usually end up landing when it comes to our podcast, in which there's a new agent coming out. We know there's a new agent coming out. We know a lot of stuff about this new agent, but we definitely don't know his abilities because for whatever fucking reason, nobody's gone and leaked that yet. Yeah, come on, leakers. Up yeah, your game. Come on. Like, dude, for fuck's sakes, just come out with this shit already. Mm-hmm. Okay, at any rate, there's a so full ass the trailer out. There's a there's yeah. a cinematic like Featuring half no a fucking abilities. TV episode. Well, oh, that's that's not true. But yeah, um, <laughs> well, okay, featuring no like in-game ability. Yeah, no in like no gameplay and no uh like show of what the abilities do uh, definitively. Yeah. But hey, the cinematic was fucking cool. The cinematic was dope oh, as hell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the cinematic is fucking sick. Um, I was over here watching it, it last night, and uh, my girlfriend comes up and goes, when are they making the TV show? I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, this this new agent is definitely for the ladies. Or for the gay men. Um, or for the straight men. Sexy man. No. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, basically, here is the part in the podcast where we pull shit out of our ass and we talk about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we did that last week on this same agent, so. Yeah, but now we got a bit more to go off of. So we're pulling <laughs> less shit out of our ass. Yeah, but it's the same um, amount of shit. It's, yeah, it's the same amount of shit. It's just like, there's more to go off of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so, a couple of things. One of the more evident things about that uh, that cinematic is um, he had this little orb that, like, bullets didn't seem to go through. Yeah, and that was kind of leaked a while ago, so it's cool to see that it seems like it actually made it. Yeah, but, so like, I missed this part in the cinematic, but I've heard people talking about it. Like, I've only watched it once, but was okay. there, there was, like, a bubble thing that covered yeah. him? There was, How, like, there was... what was the size of it? Okay, there is a bubble that... It was, like, personal-sized, almost. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it appears to be a bit more than personal-sized. It appears to be, like, 75% of an omen smoke. Again, I'm pulling numbers out of my ass. Um, But it appears to be orb-like, and bullets don't go through it. Um, But vision is maintained. Very interesting dynamic there. Um, I think it's super cool that there's an aspect of like, you can see what's going on, but you can't shoot through it. And then the people are talking about how, yeah. can you shoot back through it? That's a real question. No, it seemed like, it seemed like he was completely incapable of doing anything while this orb was active. Mm, like even planting? 
Now that I we don't know. It looked like in the in the clip that they put out there. What, what's the they obviously cinema? weren't planting a spike because it was sure. before he joined the Valorant protocol. In yeah, the cinematic. What, but what, yeah. what is uh, cinematic? That's the word I was looking for. In the cinematic, it like it kind of seemed like he was just hovering there. So we don't know anything about whether it's deployable or whether it is forced to be around you, whether you can do anything with it or not. Like, as you pointed out, yeah, can I just walk out onto site with this orb? Or like, can I walk out onto site, can I pop this orb and then plant spike, and then you can't shoot me while I'm planting the spike? Yeah, like, you could still have control of, like, a long angle, but we have close control, and so you can't shoot me, but I'm planting in the open. Right, or can... Or is it like a scenario like, um, you know, you're you're in a post plant and it's like, yeah, you're holding from over there. Fuck off. Or when or people try to spray you down you. through a smoke, you just orb yourself. Yeah. I guess you can well, also yeah, wall other... yourself, but that's, yeah. Right. That's the other thing that people are talking about is like, this is like the whole idea of this is like, yes, it blocks bullets, but you can see. So it's like, well, now if you drop a smoke on top of bomb and then this orb goes up and you can't see the orb. Like, you don't know. know. Yeah, you don't know what's going on at all. There's definitely a bit of... You You gotta have sound cues. There's, like... We assume, for the sake of assuming, um, that this will be balanced. So... Right, right. (laughs) Right hasn't, like, released any, like, busted abilities that, like, are... Well, I mean, okay, this one's a pretty busted one, but we're assuming (laughs) they're not gonna break the game entirely with this ability. Yeah, but also, like every agent that's ever come out, we're always like, this is insane. Um, and then it ends up being like and they're typically a little fine. bit less. They're typically fine. Although fade is still a little bit broken, but, but they, they said they're working on that though. Yeah, that, that's also, not, uh... I feel like, I feel like fades a potentially like a broken up pro level, totally chilling on average. People I still feel very similar to like the first couple of times when I played a fade of when I get like, bolted and i'm like i can't hear shit i'm decayed fuck this yeah yeah no that that's obviously rough but like i feel like yeah fade is disgustingly good in pro hands i feel like it's a lot harder to capitalize off her utility in in ranked but that's that's an aside yeah okay so then similar to that orb ability is the wall which you see it like almost at the end of the video where he is able to throw up this wall of water and it seems to act like a phoenix wall, neon wall, or a like viper wall, but it blocks bullets. Yeah, and he does that also like right when he escapes his like former fellow uh, treasure capturer guy as well. He throws up something that blocks his bullets. Yeah, I think that's the part in the video that I was thinking of. Is there another part? Oh, no, you said towards the end of the video. I thought that was the end of the video. I guess. Well, then he really like, runs off and uses the other abilities. Like the bubble is after that part of the video. Oh yeah, maybe I just wasn't paying attention at that point. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. Because yeah, like yeah. the the videos like what chronologically it goes from like you know present time quote unquote to a flashback where he yeah. finds the relic. It gets on his hand. He gets betrayed by his partner, but then like he escapes his partner, and I thought it flashed back immediately after like that to present day where he jumps in the helicopter with brim yes okay 
cool. Yes, you, you've got <laughs> yeah. the you've got the order down. Yeah, yeah, the general uh, vibe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, and I'll like I'll, I'll get to his his wall and and shit later. But it, it seemed like his bike had this really cool thing that went off and disabled another bike. Okay, well, um, this yeah. this was the next topic, but should we not talk no. about the fucking wall first? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> the other. I don't thing know how just... much there is to talk about since we don't know yeah, any of the like, gameplay like specifics. I, I I feel like the the wall is like okay. The wall was obviously the the core thing that I feel like they're trying to introduce in terms of being a competition to Viper. Yeah. Right. So there is something going on here in which he's going to have a viable, hopefully. Well, actually, I guess I don't know about that, because if you look at, I would like in terms of like a, from a balancing perspective, if you look at it as like Viper has this wall that goes up, and then she's got the fuel mechanic, right? But the wall is once the wall is committed, that's where it is. Um, but you have the advantage of not needing to constantly redeploy your wall; you just manage your your toxin level. It's also um, I think it'd be fuck. yeah I I think it'd be interesting if this new agent's wall was deployable and recharging like retractable and recharging I'm thinking more like omen smoke oh like you get multiple of them you get multiple of them throughout a round not necessarily multiple oh. off the rip but it recharges over time as they're e and so you've got this you've got this comparison against viper in which hey because currently like a lot of the viper walls that go down right are either we want this now and then it's just kind of going to be there for the entirety of the round or we want this for a long period of time say like the um uh the b site icebox wall right where you get your plant down, and then that wall, like that wall, is helpful for getting your plant down, and then that wall is helpful for holding the the retake off. It's very hard to push through that. Um, right. And then similar thing to uh, like Breeze A site. It's like, hey, we want to put this wall down, and we want to use it so that we can get out onto site and get the spike down. But then we can fall back, and then the wall still holds off the retake for a while, and it's it's a bitch to push through. Um, Whereas I'm thinking it'd be really cool if this new agent has a wall that you can put up, but then you can, like, the wall needs to be redeployed the next time around, if that makes sense. So you need to cast a new wall. Yeah. Similarly I... to you casting an omen smoke. That would be interesting. Um, yeah. Like, differentiate a little bit. Uh, mm hmm Another part about it is it seems like this wall is curvable, like uh, Phoenix's wall. Yes, that does seem um, to be somewhat implied. When I was thinking about that, I was like, oh, yeah, now I, I remember what you were just talking about when you're saying, like, when he's running away from the bad guys in the beginning of the video. Yeah. Um, he, like, deploys this wall, and you can tell at the end of this that he kind of curves it into a side street while he's running. Yeah. Um, and so... It looks like it's curvable, like a phoenix wall. But then, like, what's the length of this wall? Is it phoenix wall length? I doubt it's viper wall length. It doesn't seem like it's that long. Yeah, I would agree. 
So it seems like more like a just better Phoenix Wall, which could be good. Well, it's like a Phoenix Wall and Astro Wall, yeah. Like, like yeah. you were saying. Like you combine a Phoenix Wall and an Astro Wall, but also it probably won't block sound. Do we know that it can block bullets? Yes. I mean, it straight up shows it with the uh, that one guy yeah. whose name was actually listed. I just forget it. Huh. His like, former partner. It blocks his former partner's bullets. Yeah. Okay. It blocks the bullets like when he's trying to escape the cave after the relic mm-hmm. thing. Like he puts okay, it up it, and uh, yeah, the bullets bounce the... off with similar like VFX to Astro Wall blocking bullets. Yeah, it's okay. very obvious that it blocks bullets. Uh, so, but it's not. It it doesn't seem like it blocks sound, which is a big part of Astro Wall as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not up to the sky. You know, it it has a height restriction. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, so okay. it seems. Also, so someone. Someone was telling me about this about Asher Walls, and I'm not sure how true this is. But like, if Spike is planted literally right on the other side of Astral Wall, can you hear Spike being tapped or not? Because someone told me you could. Yeah, yeah. It's just sounds are muffled. You can't. It's not. Uh... Sounds are muffled, and sound range is reduced. So if, yeah. a- after a certain point, you can't hear anything at all. Okay. But if you so... if you're right on the other side of it, and they tap Spike, yeah. that you can hear that. Yes. Okay, okay. I didn't. I wasn't fully sure about that. I usually don't hold Astro walls super close. Nor do I see a lot of Astros in my game. So like, yeah, there's not some, super relevant. There probably me. hasn't been an Astro in a game that I've played in like a month at least, which is kind of nuts now that I think about it. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Like Astro's yeah. a character in this game still. Oh, I thought she was removed in the most recent patch. No, yeah. oh, <laughs> it kind of seems like it. Eh? It, it really does. Like, yeah. Her whole kit is very unfortunate in terms of like ranked and pro play. Yeah, similar because, situation yeah. that Reina's in. Well, it's just a very similar problem we talked to when she was like, or we talked about like when she was really overpowered. Is that like she mm-hmm. can be put to very good use in pro play, but not in rank play? And so now that they've nerfed her so that she is balanced in pro play, it's just garbage in ranked, or nobody mm-hmm. wants to play her. It's not garbage, but nobody wants to play her because it's not overpowered which made her viable and ranked you know yeah yeah but even then i feel like she lacks a whole bunch of the like the fun engaging element which is not as relevant in pro play because obviously the whole point of pro play is i want to fucking win Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day while i want to win when i play valorant i also play it to have fun yes so I have more fun I, when I'm winning, but sometimes you play like a really fucking good game and you end up losing it and you're like, damn, like, but I had a good ass time for the last hour. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, a game comes up like, you know, like the other team wins 15, 13. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's off like, to them. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know what? Like they got us in the end, but like, fuck, that was fun. Yeah. As long as it wasn't like a huge comeback that you let slip kind of deal. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Sure. 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 Obviously it sucks when you're like big time in the lead and you just get like nine, three. But, like, no, assuming it's close the entire way through, right? And let's also assume you're not having a dog shit game. Um, cause yeah, you're, you're fucking like, two and, yeah, you're if you're fucking right. 2 and 20, then, like, obviously that's kind of like, well, this wasn't all that fun. But, like, yeah, let's just say you're doing all right, you know? It's like, th- those are fun as fuck games. And it's the reason why I play the agents that I play is because I find them fun as fuck. Um, yeah. And I feel like Astra definitely lacks a bit on that regard. 
No, that's a me personal thing. No, I, 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 I definitely mind. agree. If like there's very cerebral kind of play style, if you're going for Astra, not that you can't have fun, yeah, but you have to enjoy like setting things up and delayed gratification with your very like, non-aggressive, like even more so than like a Killjoy, mm-hmm. where at least like as Killjoy, you can kind of peek off of your utility. Like a lot of the Astra stuff is more like, oh, I'm going to let my utility do its thing while I sit back here. Yeah. Um. Okay, final thing that I think I think that's the final thing that kind of show, gets shown in the video is what you brought up earlier, well, Cass. No, there okay, so there's this other thing that people are talking about of like they see this like wave that that was shown so yeah. like mm, I'm just going to call it that's a the breach alt. That's the I'm alt. just going to call it a breach halt cuz I don't know what else it is, but like it seems like, okay, so yeah, there's that, and then there's, yes, this, right, well, let's go to this little disc I was talking about earlier, which they showed, because I think this, now, I don't know how, how strong or weak this would be, but I think it'd be really fucking cool if there's a deployable that puts you in a short-time Killjoy, like, you got stuck in Killjoy's alt range kind of thing. Yes. You know? Where you can't do shit. However, in, that would be cool, but in the video, it looks like it explodes. And it knocks the dude off of his bike. It, it looks like a little grenade, or like a landmine. Wait, no, I thought, it, I thought it latched onto his bike, and then shorted out the bike. No, um, it, it kind of like disabled it. Oh, does it? Okay. It, in I a guess full I'm explosion. Okay. It, like, it does something, and you can't really tell what, and then it, like, switches to another camera view, and you can see an explosion. Okay, but I thought that's because the bike crashed, and then the bike exploded. Interesting, I didn't think about it like that, but no, I'm pretty sure it's that thing going off. Okay, well, so this takes a bit of viability away from what I was saying. But still, yeah, like, I feel like the whole standard. bike thing is a bit of a misdirection, which is unfortunate because I think it's really cool if you could do something with bikes or explosives. But I kind of think that's just like a purely lore based thing. Maybe that's the, that's my gut feeling so far. Well, there's a different. I don't think that okay. the bike is involved at all. I think that this little like disc shaped thing that mm-hmm. gets deployed from the bike looks like an ability, and it yeah. looks like a grenade yeah, or like Molly like ability, more grenade like, where you could possibly like chuck this thing and it just explodes. You know, think of mix between shock dart and raise nade. Raise nade. Maybe you have I two of them. Maybe cool. they do like 75 damage each, you know, like kind of like a shock dart, but maybe it bounces like a, uh, like a Yoru flash. Yeah, that'd be cool. I know. Either way, I think the I think the fact that it just explodes and does damage is way less cool than what I was thinking. But yeah, you you have a hate boner for explosives for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, I was gonna say like this seems really cool because I think that Valorant like needs more abilities like that. Oh, I, I okay. Look, like damage. This do is agree, something we yeah. brought up when we came up with like our own agent ideas. Was that like damaging, like short use abilities, like to clear corners and stuff like that, mm-hmm. should be more included in the game, like a shock dart. Right. I mean, well, there's also the, well, you, you've seen the meme video that came out in reference to, like, some designer at Riot come out and saying, like, oh, this is, like, a tactical first-person shooters or shooter in which, like, abilities don't, don't abilities. kill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then it's just a raise montage. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm sure you've seen it. Oh, yeah. Um, Everyone has. 
Okay, but at any rate, I, I, I agree in general that, like, yes, having more things to hard call out a location and do damage to that location is something that should be in the game. Uh, I think there there should be more of them. I just personally don't like them being used in terms of fuck post-plant lineups, peak me, you bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but if it's similar Molly's to a shock dart, too. like, after after the shock dart nerf, like, like a shock dart post-plant has been, like, a nothing. Nobody does that. Oh, yeah, dude, I'll fucking tank a shock dart now. Oh, easily. Like, they do, like, no fucking They do damage. nothing. But, yeah, like, no, if, shock if, dart, if it's balanced in the same If it's balanced in the same way, it could be something that, like, you know, makes you peak an angle or, like, makes you move from something, but it doesn't, you know, kill you in a post-plant lineup. Yeah, I mean, obviously there are times when, like, I'm super low HP and a shock dart's coming my way. And, then, like, yeah, you pucker up a bit. You're just like, ah, fuck, like, is this gonna hit me or not? Um, but, I don't know, I just think that's way less interesting than, like, the other things that they could do with it, outside of just making it an explosive that just does raw damage. Um, maybe, like, but, you know, maybe, uh, like, you know, kiss, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I still like my idea of a mini Killjoy detain. Not gonna lie. It would be kind of interesting. I think people would be molding about a little bit, but, you know. Yeah, is it like, that's just like a better stun, right? It's like a stun, but you can't shoot. Yeah. Like, if you're stunned for, like, a similar duration? as like Oh, a, yeah, like but a... I'm saying, like, it should be short. It should, like, I, I think it should be short, but I think it should be, like, a mini Killjoy detain. Um, which I, I personally think would be cool. And now, obviously, I'm just using Killjoy detain because it's in the fucking game. But, like, they could do something different with it. Yeah. Right? I just think that there are... There's an opportunity to explore some other mechanic besides it just being an explosive. In yeah, which, possibly, like, but I like the explosive idea, too. Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be upset if it's an explosive, especially if it's more akin to, like, a classic grenade that I thought KO should have, and instead he's got this grenade hybrid molly. Yeah, um, weird thing, yeah. Yeah, it's KO like, like I'm should not have gonna, that ability. Yeah, like I'm not going to be upset if it's just straight up a fucking deployable like explosion. Like that's fine. It's just I feel like there's there's the potential for more here, especially considering that I don't know what are we calling this guy a pseudo radiant. Mm, yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah, pseudo radiant. It's like he yeah. has this thing that gives him radiant powers. Yeah, right. people were speculating online, and they were saying that it seems like maybe he would have had some level of radiant power beforehand to be chosen by this thing. Um, but it's uh, obviously all speculation at this point. And lore. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't know Jack I Dick mean, yeah, about I don't know lore. what you call him, but I call him Harbor. <laughs> wow. I call him Mage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You, you oh, liked man. him before he was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. Okay, so, like... Okay, and then, what, I, I guess What's we're thinking that the wall... What's this wave The wall thing? must be the alt. But mm -hmm. if it's just a fucking breach alt, that's kind of boring, no? Well, but we don't... Yeah, I, I'm curious I, I to see this, what they do that's different. I miss mm -hmm. this part of the video where the, where there's, like, a, a pulse going out. Does it's it... kind of like a It's kind of like a freeze-frame chase. It's like there's some enemies 
that are in like the foreground and then the uh harbor is in sort of the background and it's like a very little motion is happening but they're clearly in some sort of wave thing and it does it show what they're doing with it like not really no show what it's the extremely vague it yeah no it really doesn't but it so seems like, like it will is, be uh, a similar to breachal or fatal kind of old maybe yeah, maybe possibly my now, one of my uh i mean the first thing that comes to mind is that because it's water You'd imagine that unlike Breach, Alt, and Fatal, it's not going to go through walls. Like, you have to actually hit someone straight up with this. That would be... I don't know if that's for sure true. It just maybe is a way they differentiate it. But yeah, that would make sense lorically with, like, having a water-based ult versus, like, a, an Earth-based or a, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a, I don't know, Netherrealm-based. <laughs> yeah, like, like, maybe it's a wall... Maybe it's a wave that, like, really fucks you up, but only if you get hit by it. So essentially, it forces you back into cover. Yeah. Like, if you're on defense and the team is attacking Psyche, you cannot peek while this wave is coming at you. Otherwise, you're just going to get screwed. How you're going to get screwed, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> Wait, well, I was thinking you don't want to be screwed. I was actually thinking it could be different from that. And I was thinking, yes, more along the lines of, like, it could, I don't know, maybe not go through walls, but, like, expand around boxes or, okay, like, things yeah. on site. And I was okay, thinking okay. it wouldn't do anything besides literally just push you back. Like, it would physically change or, like, force you back into whatever would stop. Like, if you just held your, like, S key, right? And you just kept moving back. That's kind of what I thought. Oh, until the it. end of it kind of deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until like, the end of it. Right? So it's like, if it you're holding... It pushes you all the way to the back line. It removes your W key. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, it's like, oh, like, I'm forced back as far back as I can go. So, like, let's say I'm holding sight from, like behind behind a box uh fuck i'm trying to think of a site that's a good example um let's take let's take seaside haven right you walk up to the entrance to seaside haven you fucking pop this alt anybody who's behind that that main generator or whatever just gets pushed back anybody who's in ct just gets pushed back um if you're in back site you get pushed into that corner right I'm thinking, like, it just forces you out of any of these little, like, off angles that you could you could potentially be in. And it really, yeah, it forces you to not clear angles because you know no one can be there, is what I was thinking of it as. But it doesn't, doesn't stun you, doesn't stop you from shooting. But it just moves it's people just, out of those angles. Physically moves people out of those angles. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see if, if that was part of the game. Um, you know, like, what stops you from being moved? Like, do you get if you hit a box, do you stay at that box? Or do you, like, uh, get pushed by the water around that? You know? I, I'm imagining Yoru TP mechanics. Oh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's already got all the trajectories in his head. So if oh, I stand yeah. here, this is going to push me back to this angle in CT. <laughs> I'm about to be a harbor main. Uh, but I, I was imagining your UTP mechanics. So like when you go into a wall, right, you get pushed back less based off the angle, but like you still move back, you know? That, the, that's yeah, that could make for some like really interesting lineups and like what angle you actually uh, deploy it on the site. Or on whatever mm -hmm. like area you're trying to deploy it on. But then I'm also just thinking like fade breach 
Ed Harbor is not an unrealistic agent composition to see. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've got you've got smokes, you've got flashes, you've got your info initiator. Imagine all three of those simultaneously. Exactly. Is that, yeah. I'm just saying, like, drop all three. It's just like, dude. Covers an entire site. Yeah, you're just fucked. You're just absolutely fucked. Obviously, that's a three-old investment for something yeah. that, like, if you're being moved back, quote-unquote, so we're going to pretend that this is the thing. Um, mm-hmm. You're being moved back, you're deafened, you're decayed and you're stunned. I mean, yeah, it's pretty fucked, but yeah, also fucked. like you, it might be fine depending on where you position yourself. Sure. And then because also the moving back like, could, could negate the, uh, the decay and the stun. Maybe. And then also like, is this something that like two alts could have accomplished instead of using all three? And then you get yeah. to save an alt for the next round. Right. But like, I mean, everybody's, I feel like everybody's been in a situation where you're in a ranked game and then somebody's just like, or the announcer's like last round of the half and you look up and everybody's just got fucking gold bars across their name. And it's yeah. like, oh, yo, yeah. we got all five alts here. Like dump them. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're fucking using them. Absolutely. But no, I, okay. I, I think it would be, I like, I think it's really interesting in terms of like, it, assuming it works the way in which I've come up with, which is, Again, probably not likely. We're talking out of our ass right now. Um, but I think that I, I think that's just like a really interesting mechanic. Whereas with with the breach alt and the fade alt, while yes, you hate everybody on site. You with don't the breach alt, you've got no idea where they are. All you know is you hit them, and I guess it pops them up. So maybe if you're behind like cover that is literally head height, you can kind of see where they are. But mm. Like, you can still lose that gunfight. Oh, like, yeah. everybody's been tapped by someone fully stunned before, and it's just like, yo, what the fuck? Happened like, to me earlier today. I, I ulted a site. The first angle I peeked, the jet just one-taps me. I was yeah, like, oh, like it, brutal. It, okay. It happens, right? Yeah. Like, they have a chance. It's just not as high of a chance as I would have had otherwise. Right? And then, like, same thing with, like, a fade alt, right? You can pop a fade alt onto site, but if someone's holding that angle with a fucking off and you just swing into that, like... You're you're gonna die. It doesn't matter that they can't hear or that they're on low health. Right. Um I think the interesting thing about this is it's just like a is similar to um to Brimstone's alt, it's a hey, you cannot be here right now mechanic. Yeah. Which I think suits a controller very well. Yeah, I would agree. But also I think that bringing up brimstone's ult it might be a little o- overpowered in the way that you've stated it with brimstone ult or with like raise nade or something like that <clears throat> where if it pushes people back to a common location based on the way that you deploy it that mm-hmm. you can easily ult that while they can't move themselves or yeah that would be all brutal pushed into that location and then like brim ult that raise nade that whatever and then everyone just dies there's literally nothing they can do you could not play there that round that you know that both alts are active. But also, there have been so many situations where I've just been fucking hard caught out by a brim alt. I get stunned by a, uh, like, I get stunned by a breach and then brim alted, and I'm just like, dude, I, I literally True. can't fucking move out of this, right? It's like, there, there, are, there are ways to guarantee that certain abilities get kills. Like the, the old, um, uh, Sa- Sage Tether. 
Oh, fade tether. Like fade tether with raise nade, mm-hmm. right? If you're caught in that, you die. Um, oh yeah, I was gonna say sage wall into TP and then brimolt. Oh, that that's a beautiful one. Yeah. That is so it, fun it when is. when you get to do that when you sage wall oh, support somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there there are ways to guarantee kills. So I don't think like yes, I understand if like that. Yes, it pushes people back to in theory common to angles in the way location. that I described it. But, well, yes, that's the case. It's also, are you going to be running Harbor and Brimstone? Now, if you, you use the raise, nade, the raise Nade too, which is a more realistic combo, I think. Yeah. Of, you've got, you've got a Raise and you've got Harbor. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there are just going to be certain scenarios where it's like, hey, like, don't, don't play in these angles when that ults up yeah and and i feel like that's it's like a similar thing like you know like a chamber pops the ult on the other team and now as somebody who plays chamber i've got a pretty good understanding of more or less where he's going to want to be on the map it's like and i've definitely had times where i wasn't paying attention to the little icon on the top when it goes green and then i hear his voice line at the beginning of a round and i change game plans i'm like you know what i'm not peeking that this time yeah and so I think it it might just be a scenario like that. Like the alt's up, you gotta respect it. Same way that like you have to respect when the other team has a Viper alt. Like, hey, we need to fight harder for sites. We can't just give it up and try to play retake. Yep. Yeah, true. I mean, hopefully that we, we get more information. Um I mean it'll be before this episode drops by next week. Um yeah, well, last week we said, oh, I, this might look dumb because there'll be information dropping and it didn't drop. So maybe, maybe it'll be the same thing. Yeah, maybe it'll be the same. We'll, maybe it won't even just, come out next week. <laughs> we'll just be super relevant I hope not. the entire podcast. That'd be really sad. I really want to play the new, uh, I really want to what, see how Harbor is in game. When, when the fuck does this act end? Uh, like in five days. So five I days. assume like yeah. with the release of the next act that that's probably when they're planning on releasing this agent. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. That's this is pretty similar time frame to how they've done previous agents. Right. So. so we're assuming PBE this weekend, then, or well, I guess after you guys hear this, PBE the weekend right before you hear this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although yeah, I'm trying wonderful. to think, have they done all of the new agents in the PBE? I'm trying to think. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, they have. It was maps that they didn't do with. Uh... Mm, right. I don't with know, Pearl. With, with Pearl, yeah. Pearl, they just released and were like, okay, it's not in queue. It's not in comp queue. But. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but did they do PPE with Neon? Yes, they did, because I played Neon in PPE. Okay. Uh, they had yeah. they, they introduced uh, Replication in PPE when they dropped Neon, because I remember there was a huge thing when they came out with Chamber, uh, of that everybody was just dodging games. Because they couldn't insta lock the chamber fastest, mm, so they introduce replication yeah. so you can so like, they introduce get used replication to the abilities. Yeah, basically everybody can play the agent, and then if you want to, and then you can go and play comp, and then somebody's going to get it, yeah. right? Somebody's going to insta lock the fastest, and then you just play other agents. But like, uh, which is probably what they want more because I think they're more interested to see how an agent interacts with other agents. Uh, yeah, than they are, but like, I remember there was a huge thing when Chaber came out that um, yeah, everybody was just uh, just dodging, dodging in PBE. Yeah. They also had the range open when Chamber 
came out so you could go into the range and use chamber in the range, which I did. And I remember that was not allowed when Neon came out. And so if you wanted to play Neon, you had to queue a game or play uh, Replication, which I'm assuming is going to be what they're going to do for future releases. That's interesting. Yeah, and it seemed like people were so excited about Neon that, like, the range was basically... They were saying they were having problems with the range working because even in the full, like, release uh, build, uh, the the live build, the range was still down for a while. Because so many people were, like, in the range server. Yeah, and they were saying they were having a problem with the range. I think what they didn't want to say is that, like, if too many people are in the range at once, it is very cost uh, uneconomical for Riot. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Because the thing is, if you have 10 people in a game, that's one server for 10 people. Whereas yeah. if you have one person in the range, that's one server for one person, since the range is online. So if you have 10 people in the range, that's like... I don't know if the range is as much... is as as, as is as extensive as, you know, a full game, but, like, even if even if it's only 50% as intensive of a server that's still what five times more server load true, than, true. than like a game. So I, th- I think that's what it was. They didn't want to admit that they really didn't want to spend the money on people being in the range with neon. Oh, I, I was thinking it was something different from that. I thought it's, we don't want people just signing into the PVE to only hop into the range and test out neon. Well, that's that cast. That would be correct, except for the fact that the range was down for like a week in the live build after Neon was added to the regular build of the game. Sure, but like I, I think the logic still stands. Like I think the logic is, and now I'm not saying that there wasn't something else that was fucked with with the range when Neon dropped, but I like I feel like it makes sense from their perspective that it's like, hey, we want you to use the PBE so that we can get feedback on the way in which things are working. And, like, I mean, it's what I did when when Chamber came out, and I didn't have PBE access at this point, so I used uh, Hunters. But I literally just went in, and I literally just hopped into the range as Chamber and tested out all his abilities. Yeah, that's what I want to do, too, right? That's what everyone wants to do. Right, but they get no feedback from me on that. Well, they might. I mean, if you noticed an obvious bug. I mean, I did notice the fact that the the Headhunter appeared to have zero fucking recoil when you spam it. Like, I did yeah. notice that. I, I didn't go and report it to him, but, like... Yeah, yeah but a lot of people did Yeah, Right, that, right, right. Including I mean, yes. in the range, yeah. Okay, that is true. You and I both did notice that before that made its way online. Um, but uh, I feel like it, it's more beneficial for them to have everybody going and playing replication games and playing actual, like, ranked games and stuff like that than it is to have a bunch of people just jumping on and hopping into the range. And like you said, it is significantly more server-intensive. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. I guess the question is which was, like, the bigger factor. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally see what you're saying. They definitely want feedback from people playing real games versus, you know, shooting walls. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the range is down when Harbor is dropped on the PB. Yeah. Could be. It would kind of suck, though, because I would definitely want to just go in and play Harbor in the range. Yeah, we okay, all three I, have PBE access now, right? Chase, yeah. you have it as well? Yeah, yeah I, I would for a while. I would I just don't use it. Yeah, I would 100% go and just like play replication games on them. Yeah, dude, we should definitely hit some replication games this weekend, assuming that that goes as planned. Yeah. 
It seems well, like typically, if I remember correctly, typically the PBE for a new agent or just a patch and PBE opening in general is like Friday night. Yeah, I think it's Friday night, and then live patches drop on Tuesday, typically, right? Seems like maybe they've shifted to Wednesday, but yeah, it seems like it used to be Tuesday. Yeah, and de- it was definitely used to be Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought rate, it was Tuesday still, but... We'll have to see. This is just like... I really hope that there's something quote-unquote cool about this agent when he comes out. You're not going to play him, so does it matter? But, well, but, okay, one thing that I will yeah, say I that I... There's one thing that I, I thought along these lines of him being cool uh, as as we were having this discussion, which is that in the trailers, at least, it portrayed him throwing up the wall very quickly, the bubble and the alt, who knows. But I'm wondering if this is going to be a controller who can cast his stuff much more quickly, where he's not going into some alternate targeting mode. It's all just like, bam, there it goes. I'm going to visually see where I want it to be and then chuck it out. So he's going to be much more fluid and reactive versus, oh, I have to make myself vulnerable for a sec to figure out where I want to put my stuff down. Dude, if I can use his, uh, if I can use his bullet blocking orb as a an instant deployable, mm-hmm. you fucking bet your ass I'm mopping on him. <laughs> right, I mean, yeah. If you take a shot, oh, yeah. Orb up, like, yeah. <laughs> and even if I can't move, there's a split second in which I'm like, "Yo, guys, I'm fucked. Please get over here." Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah. swing this fucking angle for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, it, like. If he has those quicker deployable skills, and like I've said, it, it's I, – I don't know if I've fully said this, but like it is kind of annoying that I only ever play two agents from my perspective. They're the agents I play because I have the most fun on them. Yeah. But if I found, if I found other agents that have, you know, a kit that I'm interested in playing, ideally something that allows them to op to a certain degree – Yeah. Then like yeah like I I would like having a controller in my pocket. That would be wild if Cap yeah. plays controller regularly. Cap with Harbor. requires it. So cool. I played, played Omen for fucking months, dude. Yeah, for months and what? It's been like two years since then. Yeah, <laughs> it's been eight yeah, years. Yeah. yeah, probably more like a year and a half. Admittedly, I have not touched Omen yeah. since Chamber released. <laughs> right, right, and even then, you weren't really touching him all that much. No, I was a Jet main who would fall back on Omen when Jet got locked. But now I... And then you just played worse and worse at Omen and yeah. kept dash, trying to dash with no, his... No, dude, we would dodge games like... if Jet got locked before you. <laughs> like, Yeah. <clears throat> and then when we didn't, it was comical how often you'd see someone in Cass's face and then the, the smoke view would come out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, god damn it, not again. <laughs> dude, muscle memory is a bitch, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I I think it'd be cool if they came out with a controller that I'd like to play. I also think it'd be cool if they came out with an initiator I'd like to play. Like, it'd be cool to have an agent that falls into each category that I find fun to play. Yeah, you like playing OP agents, though. So I feel like if they came out with an agent in each category, whoa, 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 whoa. you just whoa, have a, a set team comp. I played Chamber before he was known to be OP. He was still OP. Yeah, yeah, sure, but I started Instalock maining Chamber before, like, Mm, I I started Everyone knew he was fucking good. That's bullshit. I started Instalock maining Chamber when his kit was dropped. 
It, it was and PB- he wasn't in the live game. It was PBE no, when people were like, what? he has a pocket guardian. What is this revisionist history, Cass? Yeah. I mean, when it Chamber in the PBE, you're like, he's all right. I don't know yeah, if he's really he going to like. And then I was just like, yeah, but his kit's fucking dope. Like, we talked about this. Walla, yeah, but it took a while. You said you, said you started insta-locking him when the PBE came out. Like, yeah, you did not was. start insta-locking him in comp games. I, I literally played an entire act on an alt where I had him unlocked. You did do so that. So I could play him. Yeah, on an alt. That's not your main. Okay, but like my main or my alt was the same rank as my main was. I just didn't have them unlocked on my main, so I played on my alt because I had the free unlock ready. I, I guess that's fair, but like, I, I, I guess what I don't know is if you if you insta locked him on your main immediately after you unlocked him. I don't know the answer to that whether that happened. Well, or that right. I did because I was already playing him on my alt. But like, I right, literally right. made okay. use of an alt to play him because I didn't have the free unlock on my main. And you had to actually spool up the alt to do it as well. Like, you didn't have the alt at all prior to that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I made an alt just to do this. Um, I feel like that counts. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Touche, touche. All right, so we'll see what yeah, happens by next week by the time this comes yeah. out. I'm sure you guys will tell us in the Discord, like, wow, this is super outdated, or like, mm-hmm. wow, your idea was shit compared to what was uh, was actually in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll know more information as the, as it drops. But so far, we're all thinking this agent's OP, right? Yeah, you're so OP. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, the, it, they've broken the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, gonna be unplayable unplayable i'm not even gonna play valor next week no notch but yeah ma- yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I always get excited for a new act there's yet to be a new act coming out i'm not like oh baby let's get those placement games done let's see where i am at usually yeah, the exact I... same place but like it's just exciting having a new act yeah, okay, a new I, act I usually interesting... just lets you leaves you in the exact same like literally to the rr places <laughs> as the previous yeah. one Okay, but I, I've got this interesting, like, thing that's going on in terms of, like, the, the new act versus the old act stuff. And it's, like, I don't like playing at the very end of an act, and I don't love playing at the very beginning of an act. I like the middle of the act. I feel like that's the least likely to get into fucked lobbies. What? I feel like the beginning of the act is the best. Yeah. Because you don't have people hopping on Smurfs the first couple of days. I feel like you definitely do. Like, you definitely have people that are like, oh, like, I don't really want to play my placement games on my main because, like, I'm not feeling super good right now and I don't want to botch my placement games. I'm just going to hop on an alt. Let's get that occasionally. Maybe occasionally. I'd say, like, beginning of the act when most people are on their main um, because they want to reveal their rank and, like, Mm. and start grinding, like, get back to the place that they were or, you know, like, you, you know, that's the time when everyone knows, oh, there's no Smurfs, so why would I play on an alt? Why would I smurf? I know, because there's no other smurfs. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's yeah. I should smurf because there's no other smurfs. <laughs> funny, funny. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is just like my own personal bias coming into this based off just like what I've personally seen. But I feel like I've definitely seen, like, I feel like I definitely see the least number of smurfs like a week after a new act comes out. I think that there's just... That could be. If you're talking about episode, there's just a lot of shenanigans that happen at the beginning of a new episode. Um, because of, like, rank, like, reset shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so then a couple weeks after that, it kind of balances itself out, and then you're like, okay, cool, I can I can really play now. Um, but, like, act to act, 
nah, I don't really see that. Mm. Alright, well, we'll drink with you later. Hey. That's <laughs> oh, job. Power move. <laughs> well, it, it's okay, because obviously the uh, the podcast is still going, so it, it didn't work, right? I guess well, I that, won't even know a, this. Depends to me later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's up to Hunter whether or not he wants to make that a power move or not. Uh, but I'm going to yeah. go for for the sake of, of my own sanity that it was not uh, that Hunter leaves in this entire rambling section of 10 seconds that makes no sense. And uh, yes. we will drink with you later. You know what? I got to get in on it as well and say we will imbibe with you in the future. <laughs>